With the harpies? Yeah. <laughs> this man knows his Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I didn't I, know I, that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I grew. I, part part of my like middle school days was like going. Like I think we talked about it before. So we're like the afternoon school days. Oh my Valentine, that's what it is. <laughs> dude, I, I I was a Pokemon dude. I didn't. I I, I knew Yu Gi Oh existed, but I was like, whatever. Like it just. <laughs> it was know, like it was like one of those things like after school where like um every, like all the kids would gather like as an after school club play Yu Gi Oh or Pokemon like yeah had yeah. That, that, you had in droves at my school. We had like different groups, like in different parts of town. Since it's everything is so small here in terms of location, it, you'd see like a group at McDonald's, a group behind the school, a group, group at the gym or whatever. It's like it's like a tournament. Like you have to go to each group to like beat di- different people. I had a friend who was obsessed, so I knew I knew every every corner. Nice. Yeah, man. Yu-Gi-Oh, right. Pegasus, goofy ass. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, look, it says it right there. <laughs> did you ever try to bring like the fake cards in? I definitely did a couple times. <laughs> They're washed out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh absolutely. Man. The hustle was real. <laughs> the waters are the watercolor's a little off. <laughs> Oh, uh, Macho, can you check if uh, everyone's sounding good? Yeah. Cool, cool. Give yeah, me one second. I want to make sure that... Ooh, Soul is bringing in the big guns with that game today. That's a good stuff. Yeah, man. No, it's funny because I was, I was going to play uh, Last of Us Part 2 on the stream, but... um. So I was I was playing last night and I was getting my butt handed to me, man. Because I'm playing, I'm playing on on hard plus and I'm on the uh, surf fights level, and like I have like two arrows on me. I have like two bullets and my health is on red. With like like every time that I die and load in, like that's how I'm starting out every single time. And I'm just like getting Jesus. my ass handed to me every single time. So I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need this for the podcast. I don't need anyone to see this. You're in the island where you can't see shit, like everyone's hiding? No, no, um, the first time that Ellie meets the the Seraphites. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's mainly like a stealth section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, gotcha. Um, still fun, but yeah. All right, oh, so yeah, for I sure. can't hear Mr. Bad Bit here, but um, I, he might have to mess with his mic a little bit. Maybe, Sol, you have a suggestion? Yeah, no. Yeah, on the stream, yeah. Um, um... No. Because I know, I know Sol had a couple of problems with it before. Couple? (laughs) 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 Let's see. 
I'm gonna check into settings real quick. Do y'all hear? Uh, a little bit. Is it too obnoxious? No, it's fine. Gotcha. Because sometimes I sneeze, and I don't want to get that on, on on the podcast. Okay. Hmm. Uh, just live streaming straight off the the PS Five. Yep. Yeah. Is that still true, Macho? Oh no. Exodia took him. Yeah, I know I still can't hear him. <sighs> hmm. It was weird. Like, Soul just had to, like, enable one little thing and it fixed the whole thing. Um, but that was, that was for know. me. That was because I yeah. wasn't, yeah. That wasn't because of but anybody like, else. But like maybe it can be like the same thing where it's like an option that we're not familiar with. I mean, I don't, I don't know with the PS Five. Yeah, cause I can hear Soul, I can hear Walt, but it's just Mr. Babbitt. I don't know if it has the uh, allow a voice to be shared. Is that a thing in the PS Five? And also, what what did it for me was I had I had my uh, headphone set plugged into my controller and not my my microphone. Okay. I got it. Yeah, you're right. There you go. You should be able to hear me now. Okay. How is it, Macho? Let me. Can you hear me? You hear me all good? <laughs> testing, testing. <laughs> can you hear me? All right, we're good. Yeah, here we go. There we go. You heard, you heard your beautiful silky voice. That was it, man. That was it. <laughs> I don't know if it's beautiful or silky, but I'll take it. <laughs> that was that was close, man. Almost gave me a heart attack right there for a minute. <laughs> Um, guys, I welcome back to the 12th episode of the DualShock and Sense podcast. I am your host, the anime waifu connoisseur, Soul. With me as always, I got my two beautiful co-hosts who are Lady Dimitrescu stands number one and two. Macho, how you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. It's what's going on, everybody. It's the king of Kingdom Hearts and the Final Fantasy fanatic, and apparently Lady Dimitrescu fan <laughs> and fanatic number one. Um, hey, you heard, you heard what you just said? It's been, it's been... <laughs> you said you're number two, man. Exactly, because I got the PS5. That's why. Um, <laughs> I'll take it, man. There ain't anything I can do. <laughs> no, it's been a good. It's been a good week. It, last week was pretty crazy, and then this week is kind of, kind of keeping the trends a little more mellow. But 
regardless, a lot of really fun things are happening, and uh, we got a really, really cool, uh, cool show for you guys today. Definitely, definitely, and we also got Walt. Apparently, the number two Lady Dimitrescu fan. How you doing, man? I, was, I mean, that was you. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? This week, I am the Resident Evil maniac because that's all I've been playing. That's all I've been doing. I am loving it. Uh, I'm loving today. We have a great episode planned for y'all, and I'll let Soul take it away to introduce uh, our special guest today. Yes, sir. We get, we got ourselves a, a little bit of a crossover here. We got Mr. Badbit from the Trophy Room of PlayStation Podcast hopping on to the, to the podcast with us. How are you doing, man? I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Let me tell you, I almost broke, I almost broke my sure mic right here. Oh, goodness. I'm doing pretty <laughs> good, man. I'm very excited to jump by and talk talk some playstation with everybody it's it's been a crazy few weeks this week in particular has been pretty goddamn banana so i'm i'm happy to be here with you guys definitely definitely and i just want to say like genuinely i really appreciate you coming through you know stopping stopping by a little little podcast like us you know just getting started it, it definitely means a lot uh for sure um of course so yeah, before before we jump into the podcast, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the hot seat and and I want to okay. pick your brain a little bit. Um, Ooh, right. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you take some time to tell us about the 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 podcast, man? The the trophy room. How did it start? Uh, was was it just so? I guess like was it was it just a desire to to talk about games in a in a more in depth sort of way uh, for you guys? Like how Great how did question. that come together? Great question. It all came out of first off. Um, the the DNA of what the trophy room is for me has to be like you know mid uh, podcast beyond you know I mm. really dug the Colin and Greg vibe where you really did feel like you know these were two friends talking in a room and you're there with them yeah so that was always the vibe I wanted to set off with the trophy room and it all 2000 what when did the Switch come out when did Horizon come out 2017 yeah 2017 right? legendary yeah. year by the um, way legendary dude. <laughs> and um you know uh greg announced that playstation i love you was going to be was going to be going it would be no no longer a thing and that was my favorite podcast forever like that was the thing that i was excited the most to go and you know listen to every week i never missed an episode and so i was really pissed when he decided to, to end the podcast so much so that I had the Thanos moment of, all right, if I'm going to do it myself. How hard could starting a podcast be? And at this time, I had a YouTube channel, so I thought I kind of knew what was, what, how to make a show. And originally, the proto show was me and my friend Ren, and she decided that she wanted to start this job, get married, and have a kid. And I'm like, that's fun. See you later. <laughs> yeah, Weirdo. what the hell? Who, who would do that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? And during this time, I went to a kind of funny meetup, and I met this kid named Kyle. And Kyle is is just the kindest person in the world. Like, this guy is genuinely the sweetest human being you can meet. He's the most well-intentioned. He's like the Captain America, really. But, like, if, like giving hugs and not fighting. Uh, he's just <laughs> always well-intentioned and just always so freaking good. He's the, he's the good in all of us. And so... He just celebrated you know, her birthday, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, happy just, birthday to him, man. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, my man. And so, like, he he uh, he wanted to be on a podcast. I was looking for co-hosts, and I didn't tell him this, but, like, I was scouting around. And the first episode that he guested on, I just loved it. I loved his energy. I loved his passion. And for me, like, I'm a fake fan. I always tell myself of PlayStation because, you know, I had PlayStations, but... PlayStation was never my go-to. It was always actually my Xbox until, like, my seventh red ring, and then I gave up on it. I used to be a dumb Xbox fanboy. <laughs> when I got my PS3, I bought it because one guy was selling it at GameStop for weed. So, like, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's my origin okay. story of, like, me buying this dank-ass console, putting it on chart, and going, oh, my God, there's some great games here. And... I mean, that's so, a fair trade, to be yeah. honest. It's a fair oh, trade. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely Shout out to that trade. guy. Shout, Shout out, out to him, yeah. man. You know, they say stoners never make it. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so much. So, you know, Kyle comes on, and he's the true fan to me. He is what every PlayStation diehard fan should be at his heart. And, like, never own an Xbox until the Xbox One X, like the white edition. He owned it for like a year. He's like, all right. <laughs> so like, he's been a PlayStation <laughs> guy at heart, and he's just so pure. Like again, like it's that kind-hearted energy that I just dug. And so when I invited him back on in December to talk about his adventures in the PSX, um, I found that yeah, this is this is the guy I wanted to offer a job to. And so you know, he gladly accepted, and in January of 2018, I think January 10th or 12th, uh, that's when the Trophy Room was born. We totally redesigned it. We got a new feed, uh, everything. And it's all thanks to Kyle for the name because I fucking, I love that. Name. I don't know if I could curse, but I'm doing it. So, like, he's he, he, he is instrumental in that way. Um, and ever since 2018 with the Trophy Room, it snowballed into this once a week thing to us really having, I think, hitting our stride in 2019. A lot of people don't know, like, the first year is really where you're learning. Unless you yeah. have a production background, you're really just going by the seat of your pants here. And, you know, when we hit our stride in 2019, that's when I actually stopped doing YouTube because I just liked having conversations rather than speaking on a podium. And this year, 2020, yeah, in 2020, we totally rebranded even the YouTube channel to being the trophy room um, that, because that's just what everybody knows of us. So, yeah, now from a little show that was a little less than an hour long every week, we've ballooned into this really awesome, well-functioning, well-oiled machine that... Um, each and every week, we're sitting down, we're talking about the latest, the greatest, and all things PlayStation, but really having an honest conversation about the ecosystem. And like we were talking about before the show started, talking about that ecosystem and not having a, a fanboy conversation, having a a, a fan conversation. Yeah, of, definitely. Of we, we, we appreciate PlayStation, but we love the developers and people that make these games possible regardless of platform. Um, so that's that's really how the trophy room came to be, and that's why it's it's so nuts because this this 
show was birthed out of the death of another. And so to have, you know, Greg Miller on the show, the guy that, that inspired me to do this dumb thing called podcasting, um, was absolutely surreal and how yeah. nervous I was was palpable. <laughs> it's like it's like a, literally things coming full circle. That's really crazy. That's yeah, really, yeah, it's that's yeah. exactly what it is. It's all it, it it was all full circle and you know, it's it's been a it's 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 been a wild ride and and we're lucky to have the amazing community that we have on the trophy room where it is truly diverse and inclusive and just a really great place to just stop by and talk video games and sometimes we got to sit down we got to be real with people and we got to say you know you know like black lives matter and all that because we understand that people though we may not have all the answers to things that are going on in this world that people need to be assured that they're in a community that's going to accept them love them for who they are that was that's also one of our i think main mission statements is really to create an unapologetically safe space for folks to talk about games without having fear of you know um of of the dumb name calling or fanboy bullcrap that goes around so it's 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 really awesome to see that that idea has really has really hit its stride um in the last few months and seeing seeing people come together and form all these bonds over our dumb little show on the internet is, <laughs> it means the world to me man yeah definitely and and yeah i i feel like to to one of your earlier points um like the whole thing about us uh, or, or just you know that first year still trying to figure things out like i, I feel like that really resonates with us because you know we're we're only 12 episodes in and we're we're still we're still trying to to put together like a consistent like thumbnail still trying to figure out like what we want that to look like oh that will never change <laughs> i'll tell you right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so so like yeah i i definitely i definitely see that it's it's really this is uh, uh more than anything a learning process just to see you know what sticks what works what doesn't work and um yeah it's it's really about the journey and and you know i i, I asked you i asked you that that question because like I'm, I'm always fascinated to see how these things are kind of like incubated and then eventually become reality because it's, it's always a different story for for everybody right like whether you're asking kind of funny games or easy allies or what's good games or or whatever it's 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 always fascinating to see like how these things really start and and sort of like the genesis of of their idea for for you know branching off and, and creating a podcast in the first place yeah and all those like podcasts that you named are the pot are my go-to podcast for uh for inspiration yeah my, uh, mine too you know, for sure yeah like those those are the people that you you, you want to follow and, and take some notes from my my one thing like you know I get asked a lot to be on a lot of podcasts that are like, hey, we're on episode two or we're episode three. And I always go back to people because I, A, I hate saying no. And B, I always tell people, make it to episode seven, because if you make it to episode seven, that's where like 70 podcasts fall out, even more so. It's oh, like wow. People see, oh, my God, this is way too hard to do. Yeah. And <laughs> and they drop out. And I always say, make it to episode seven. Come back to me and then we'll plan something out because it's. It's a lot more difficult than it is, and like when we when we mention a, a kind of funny games or what's good games or you know you name the big ticket podcast, 
um, you expect like, oh, we're gonna hit like ten thousand listeners in two weeks. And that is <laughs> not the case. Um, and so like, you know, it, it, it's it's you know, I, I I always say that that those are the inspirations. They're never the goal. And so like for me, I I take a look at like I want to have a real conversation the way that Andrea Renee or Greg Miller have those real conversations. But I always take my inspirations, like my true how I want the show to kind of feel um, from late night. I love late night. Like Mm. you give me anybody but Jimmy Fallon and I'm going (laughs) to dig that a lot. Uh, Big inspiration is Conan. So like when I'm hosting, um, I really want to have a, you know, a Conan and Andy Richter type of vibe when you know when when they loosen the the their ties type of talk and that's really what i i try to go by it's like to me podcast is late night podcast is one big monologue with that's structured and 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 you know that's what i'm always i'm always trying to achieve that and there are good nights where i feel like i do and there's bad nights for sure but (laughs) yeah that's that's what what my truest inspiration of, of trying to trying to be because if I'm just being Greg Miller, well, there's Greg Miller out there. I can't be that man. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, exactly. No, that makes, that makes a to, ton of sense. Yeah, yeah be the best you that you can be. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much the the trophy room in a nutshell, man. No, no, I, I, I agree. I agree with that sentiment just because I, I heard hip hop gamers say this before. Use this term. I love the, the way he phrased it, where a lot of these podcasts are now are getting more notoriety have sort of like a barbershop talk is not really just like a yeah. PR manager talking to the social media guy, also talking to a developer is literally gamers talking to each other the way that friends will talk to each other in a regular party chat. And there's some form of genuine good heartedness about that, right? Like you just feel like you're around a good around of friends. Yeah. And that's how it should feel. Like, like I love the barbershop shop vibe because like when I'm listening to an iron Lords, that's the vibe I'm getting, man. It's yeah. like there's like this communal vibe that when you're there, everybody's talking bullshitting with each other, busting each other's chops. That's yeah. what makes them so great. Is because you'll always have that crazy guy in the barber shop like King. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you'll always you'll always have 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 a cognito in there talking the sense, making it running the show and you know, that's 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 what I love about them. That's that's a really that's a really great example by hip hop gamer. It is the sense of like, yeah, I'm I'm with my friends or like I'm at the barber shop and we're just all BSing with each other. That's what the community vibe should be for, for real. It should be a barber shop vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it, it absolutely should feel like like just a normal sort of like party chat, but just like you know someone pressed record. You know this time that that's basically like the only difference. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's always a hard thing, too, because, like, you want to be like, all right, we're just pressing record. But then at the same exact time, like, I'll tell people uh, when we have guests on, which is usually rare on the trophy room, but we'll be like, okay, so here's how long I want this conversation around, this conversation around, this conversation around. So it's like, it's always the hard thing to try to be as organic as possible, while at that same time having the balance of structure between it as well. 
yeah it's so much harder than it looks for sure and it's and it's always kind of like so like for for me for instance it, it's always it's always tough trying to like gauge like okay when should we move on from this topic like i don't want to cut anybody off and and you know move on too fast or anything like that like yeah Absolutely. like that 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 point of things feeling organic is is always like a tough sort of like balance or line to walk because uh, you do want to keep things moving, but at the same time, you don't want to like sort of ruin the the conversation that's happening. Absolutely, and when and, and there'll be times where you get off and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I forgot to ask this thing. But <laughs> yeah. that's oh, like that's that's how podcasts should feel, though. You don't you don't really necessarily need to hit every topic. You just need to make sure you had a good conversation. Yeah. So like, there'll be a time where I'm listening. I listen to beyond and all that after our shows run. So I don't have the, you know, I don't have like a, a an idea from someone else, uh, you know, pop in my head and call it my own. But like when I'm listening to a beyond and I'm like, Oh shit, they, that was a great point by, by Altano there. And I'm like, Oh, well that's Altano's point. That shouldn't, that's not our point. And then when you take a look at that, our conversation, it's like, oh, yeah, it's different because it's a different perspective. And that's what makes us so special, I think. Yeah, definitely. With, Love it. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. So, like, you, you touched on... on greg miller and like me me and macho were, were talking about this like right man like like what's what, macho go go ahead man yeah no just like i mean that's again that's like a uh, ace in the hole kind of guess man that's <laughs> that's big you know greg miller he has he has a pretty resounding name in the industry you know ever since his early days on beyond to growing into growing into ign and all that and then to kind of funny now and now dude's gonna be a dad you know for people that have been following him for 10 plus years that's like that's insane so what was it like establishing that connection sending that dm or that email and you know him responding be like yeah let's do this day dude okay so here's how i found out kyle is huge in the kind of funny community and they had this like little like secret santa thing and he got greg miller uh, as his secret santa and it's, and he, greg's like i see you do a playstation podcast i'm gonna be on that show what and, um and he's like and you're going to be on ps i love you oh and crap. uh and i was like oh shit <laughs> and, and <when> kyle <laughs> Kyle's like, I'm showing you this. You can't tell a goddamn soul. I suck at secrets. I'm awful at them. They give me anxiety. And uh, when he told me that, I was like, oh, shit, how can I hold this in? So, like, I had to, I had to just tell one other person or else I'd explode. So, but when that night happened, um, it was funny because the day after, that's when I got COVID. Like, I was oh. getting sick, and I was like, oh, I think this is it. So, like, I'm, like, on my deathbed. <laughs> Real talk, I was really fucked up. And I was just like, dude, I got to make it. I'm going to interview Greg Miller. That's <laughs> one of my things. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get the greatest news of this podcast. And then, like, a week later, just bite the bullet. That sucks. Um, so, like, that was, that was one thing. We knew in December. Um, and then, you know, we kind of announced it a little bit in January, but we didn't get a firm date. And so it became real at around April, April or late March. Kyle's like, okay, so he's coming on in May. And I'm like, oh, okay. And my whole big anxiety about it is not only is, yeah, he has, he has a, he has a name uh, and a brand to him. It's, it's okay. This is Kyle's thing. And I can't make it the Greg and Joe show. 
And my nervousness was, I'm not going to have Kyle a lot talking, because Kyle likes to sometimes just sit back and relax, and just let things happen. And I'm like, and, and where, where I want him to be front and center on this. So that was the thing I was actually freaking out the most about. It's not just like having Greg on, but making sure that Kyle doesn't feel ignored because this is this is his thing. Yeah. Um. So when we finally had Greg on. Of course, I'm nervous as all hell. Um, this is a man with a million followers on Twitter. I ain't never met one of those before. So... <laughs> they're, they're a rare <laughs> like, breed. A rare breed. Yes. Dude. So, you know, he, he tells us about 10 minutes beforehand. He's like, hey, listen, something has come up. You got me for an hour. And we're like, okay, cool. And then he drops in another five minutes. I'm like, can you record locally? I tell him all about the show as fast as I can. And, um, and I was like, it... it we had no time to prep. There was no, like, usually if, if we have, like, a big-ish guest on, uh, I'm not normally n- nervous, but I want to break the ice with them for the f- yeah. like 10 minutes before record so that you, you kind of establish how the conversation could roll out so that you know while, while you're podcasting. And you just have a normal-ish feel. You get the butterflies out. So we didn't have that. So, like, everything you saw was just Joe first take. And, like, the intro alone... I made that thing, it usually is two minutes, I made that, I, I talked so fast, it was like under a minute, and it was, it was, it was semi-nerve-wracking, and I remember bringing Kyle in, and, and still feeling like I didn't get him to talk enough, but people definitely reassured me of that, but I, I still am not as, I'm not 100% assured, but, you know, I, I remember having a few points that piqued Greg's eyebrow up a little bit i was like okay okay he's understanding what the show is and it's not uh we're sitting down to interview greg miller it is a we're sitting down and having a conversation show yeah and um when 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 i uh, i I had to edit one part out because i was just like okay so let's stop right here we're going to talk about you know just a rapid fire question for you greg we'll get you out of here and then right when we were done with all the little rapid fire questions which, by the way, when he's like, we got an hour, we're like, okay, we have to, I just made these show notes, it took me, like, all week, and I got to file them down, and, and you know, take questions in and out, <coughs> excuse me, so, uh, you know, it, it was, it was so nerve-wracking that by the end of it, when I was like, okay, and, and recording, I literally, I put my head down to my desk, I was like, yeah absolutely he's like taking sats or something (laughs) like yeah and with greg in the room greg's like you did good joe you did you did great what are you talking about you did great joe i was like okay thank you guy that inspired me (laughs) (laughs) no that's awesome man that's that's really cool no yeah Yeah, man it was um it was wild it was it it is one of those once in a lifetime things and i'm I'm so glad. Hopefully, there's there's some some bigger things in the pipeline as well. So I'm I'm really excited yeah. about the future of this whole podcast. Definitely, and and like I would I would assume that like, yeah, you're like how were you were talking about those 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 nerves before the the conversation kind of started, and then and then nerves kind of like adding uh, or the fact that you only had him on there for an hour adding to the nerves that were already there but once you actually start you know getting to it and and picking his brain a little bit and the conversation starts flowing i would assume that those nerves possibly settled down a little bit that you got once you got comfortable you were like okay this this is fine now 
you know what it was? Um, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. At when he announced that he had a kid, or he's, he's having a kid, um, I was like, Whew, thank God, I know what the first question is. Okay, we're good. Uh, and Fair when, point. And he, Fair point. And How did that happen, when, Greg? <laughs> How does it work? <laughs> I heard so many things, but like, because it was it was the point of oh, this adds humanity to this figure that I've you know put on this pedestal for so long, and so you know that first question of like, you know, we know your history. You know, you you, you didn't want to be a papa. Now you're a papa. What's that feeling like to you? Um, is a great point of like breaking that ice yeah um and adding the little like funny joke that i had of like okay so y'all are pregnant andrew's pregnant jeff gersman's uh you know wife's pregnant what are you trying to do build the illuminati of podcasts yeah was, that that was the joke <laughs> i had planned i was like nailed it that's what i needed so yeah it's it's it, it again it's been an experience and it's all because of kyle it really is i i can't stress it enough he's he is the greatest co-host that I can ever ask for. He he adds the humanity to me when I get all numberies and and and, and figures and facts and whatnot. He really adds that that layer of of yeah yeah humanity so, that so I think we need. That that means well I'm I'm gonna need you to 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 bring in a a guest like like Greg Miller. All right, man. All right, <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, you know, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm being real, I'll. I'll... I'm always on Twitch. I'm always scouring. I'm always, you know, involving myself in communities. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. Slide in those yeah. DMs, man. It's easy. It's exactly. easy. Yeah, yeah. It's easy, easy. I'll, I'll get you. Give me a month. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so like, I feel, I feel like I, I gotta ask the sort of, um, I don't know, sort of. Uh, I don't want to say generic because it's kind of like downplaying it, but I, I feel like I got to ask the question. What is, give me, give me your best, the best PlayStation console of all time. And then also your favorite PlayStation console of all time. Or favorite oh. PlayStation game, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, Either or. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me see. I got, so I, I know Hector, you're Puerto Rican, correct? Yes, I got, sir. I got, yeah, full, I got a Puerto Rican family Rico. yelling downstairs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're like Joe, Joe. And I'm like, uh, 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 you, you know, man, you you know, if you tell them, you're, if you tell them that they're yelling, you're gonna be like, no, I'm just talking yeah. loudly. Give me one minute. You one minute. You guys discuss this amongst yourselves. One sec. Okay. Okay. Oh no! I I I completely like uh like sympathize with him because it's I tell the same thing to my mom where every time like she's she's literally yelling right and then every time like mom you don't need to yell and then she's like I'm not yelling I'm talking loudly I'm just like is that it's like a common Puerto Rican thing bro in my house it's my dad whenever he's on the phone he does he never (laughs) talks never he just like yeah. What is yeah. it? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like are you talking to the neighbors too, bro? Like, <laughs> bro, it, 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 he can't hear you through the phone. Hello. <laughs> okay, so, uh, for best PlayStation console of all time, I'm gonna be the generic one, um, and I know it's like recency bias, but I truly believe the PlayStation Four is mm. probably my favorite console. And it's a lot of things. Like, I made a podcast uh, about it. Right. But, uh, you know, we also made that podcast because I really wanted to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn and Ooh. all these great first parties that were coming out of uh, PlayStation. But, like, when I think about it, 
Like, we got Bloodborne, we got God of War, we got Uncharted, we got Horizon, we got Ghost of Tsushima, we got The Last of Us Part Two, Spider-Man, like, there were so many. And there are so many great games uh, between those platforms. Yeah. And so that's that's the thing that I, I, I think. It, it's definitely the PlayStation 4. I know when I say that, there's a huge catalog of PS2 games that I'm just ignoring. But, you know, the one thing that I always hear when people talk about this laundry list of games that they played during the fifth generation, I'm just like... Dude, how white were your parents? Because that's a rich bunch of shit. You played all of these games. Like, Man, was... bl- it's blockbuster money. It's blockbuster money. Yeah. You know? Yeah, blockbuster money for sure. But like, for me, I was like, dude, I was, I was fucking 12. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Metal Gear Solid. I was 13 when the, like, Gran Turismo came out on PS2. What are you talking about? So, yeah, that, that uh, definitely the PlayStation 4 is my favorite console. When we're talking favorite game. Uh, that's where we get into a different ball of wax because I have a, a fake one and I got that's well, a fake real one, but um, <laughs> I got I got a I got I got an obvious one and I think it's obvious for me. Uh, that is and guys I don't know if you you know this but it's been two thousand two hundred and forty one days since the original launch of Bloodborne. I yes, sir. <laughs> yes, baby. Bloodborne is that game, man. It is the game that I was always scared of Soulsborne games, but, you know, that trailer was something else. I was like, this is this is something that, like, I never knew I loved the vibe of, of like, right. this Victorian Cthulhu horror thing. Yeah. And at the same exact time, I never was into the Dark Souls games because they were too hard. At least that's what people tell me they are. And for me, um, Bloodborne was like, oh shit, I don't just love this game. I adore this game. And I've been neglecting so many other games just because of their genre. So Bloodborne means a lot because it it really showed me that, oh, I have to go and do, like, I, I, I got to play more, more not just of these games, but, like, games outside my wheelhouse. That's why I'm very Definitely. much like, you put any controller or, you know, in my hand or any game on the screen, I'm going to try to play it and, and, and really enjoy nice. my time with it. No, so, I... Bloodborne I, is the feels, yeah. but if we're going, like, actual factuals on it, we're going to be doing God of War. Ooh. Ooh. God of War 2018. God of War 2018 is a perfect video game. Mm. Um, like I don't, I, I don't throw around the word perfect often. <laughs> I don't throw around that lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, it's, it's something that like when I think of a ten, a ten is a masterpiece. It's going to define a generation. It doesn't mean that there's no flaws. God of War, I don't have any flaws with it. There is not one thing that I wish they did differently on. Everything felt so good. And there, if there is a, a series that I never liked, it was God of War. And why? Because I hated Kratos. I hated him, and he was just so one-note and flat to me. Um, and so, for me, it didn't just, like, it, it. you know, I'm like a, what, second generation. My father uh, came off the boat with 20 bucks in his pocket from Spain because he loved a Puerto Rican woman so much that he moved across seas to be with her. There's a lot of parallels for God of War for me in terms of what it's like. Not just like, because I, I get this, like, oh, it's just like, oh, you're a cis white dude. It's like, no, it's like, 
my father is an immigrant from this country who literally self-taught himself how to read, write, and speak English. And there's a scene in God of War where multiple, but like Atreus is reading to Kratos because yeah. he doesn't know how. I did that when I was seven. And, um, you know, I, I got into something, a little Twitter spat with someone about it where it's just like, oh, God of War is, uh, is, just, is you know, it's just for cis white dudes. I'm like, no, 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 shh, 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 shut your mouth. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not about that. You could be very, you could, if you want to be reductive, you can say that. But there is something that speaks deeper here. And um, and it's about tackling its past while at the same time, how do you make a, a future for for the next generation? There's something to speak to that. And, you know, I, having the, the moments of, um, you know, Atreus yelling at Kratos, talking about how you could be so stoic and, you know, mom just died. Why, how, why are you like this? I've had those fights. And, and I felt like Corey Barlog was in the room at the worst moments of, of, you know, my, my father's mem- or my memories of my father. He's still alive, by the way. Um, and the best memories that I have of my father. And that, that game, uh, legitimately changed the way I think about my father and gave me a respect for him that I didn't, an extra layer of respect, I think, for my father that I did not have until playing that game fully. Um, that even, That's fantastic, you know, wow. Yeah. So, like, even knowing that we don't connect at all, um, we, like, he, he loves a good football. I fucking don't like sports at all. <laughs> um, he's stoic. I'm a little stoic. But, you know, he... he he, I know he would, he would go to hell and back for me. Yeah. And that is that is that is what that game did. So that game is legitimately literally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, no, that's that's yeah, that's that's like it. It. I feel like we don't see it enough sometimes, where it's just the the, the story of a father and a son and that bond that yeah. happens there that grows and guys. Yeah, I agree with you. God of War is like one of those games. God of War twenty eighteen. Is just one of those games that just tells that story flawlessly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It really does. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a powerful game. I, I really, I really dug it. Like, I, I feel, I feel like that that you know, you were saying the Twitter spat with someone saying that it was just a game for cis white males or whatever. And I feel like that that couldn't be further from the truth. Like, maybe like you could pro- you could get away with that. Uh, you know, referring to the the classic trilogy of games. But like this 2018 game was just like I I feel like that the main central theme of that game was this this sort of idea of family and I feel like that speaks to everyone so like just just saying that you know this is a game only for cis white males is is yeah I I don't know that I couldn't disagree with that more. It's belittling yeah. the game itself. That's it is. It's, it's what it is. Really, I think that they're belittling the game without realizing it. And it, I don't know. Gaming's for everybody, it, and that's that's where it comes in. Yeah, and then, listen, we're all a bunch of dudes here, right? So like, we're yeah. coming at it through our perspective, and I understand they're right to have their perspective as well. But like, there's more. There is more to games than just the simplicity of pressing a button. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that we're getting these games that hit such emotional 
you know, resonance with with all of us yeah. um, is is something. And, and at the same exact time, a game doesn't have to speak for everyone. And when games usually don't speak to everyone is when they're at their best. Exactly. Because they're not here to please everyone. Yep. You know, we've 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 seen crowd pleasers. They're not great. You get the sampler at Applebee's. It sucks. Everybody really just wanted <laughs> the goddamn you know mozzarella uh, sticks. Mozzarella yeah, sticks. it's all yeah. everyone. Exactly. <laughs> so when you give the the, the table the, the mozzies, they don't yeah. care about anything else. It's a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Games <laughs> need to be more like mozzarella sticks. Everybody. I love that analogy, by the way. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's, that's I, I truly speak to that. I mean, I was thinking more TGIF Fridays, but you know, Apple we'll go with Apple Beats is okay. Oh man, I, I don't know. I don't know why my my mind was like going towards like the McRib or something like that. Like <laughs> the McRib knows what it is. It's exactly. Right, right, right. It's, it's got sofa cushion in its meat, but goddamn, you'll it. you'll eat it. It's not gonna please your stomach or your butt. It's right, just how it exactly. Like, you'll you'll eat it, but you're not gonna be happy oh, about man. it, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, so, Pretty a self-loathing much. food. There you go. That's, exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, uh, Macho Walt, do you guys want to run down your, uh, you know, favorite games of all time, uh, specifically like console and and then game of all time? Uh, I'll go first. Um. So if we go console, I'm a man of all of all sides, right? I enjoy every single spectrum if we're let's talk first playstation because this is a playstation podcast um favorite playstation console my first console for playstation was ps3 um i don't have a ps5 and i've only had a ps4 and ps3 so i I only boil it down to two right um i my first console was nintendo i never experienced playstation one or two um my favorite playstation console would be the playstation 4 pro not the base console, specifically the Pro, because it oh, is... the hamburger console? The hamburger console, man. It, it's got all the meats. It's got all the ingredients. It, it, it has, for its moment. Right now, the PS5 is the answer. But right now, at least, you know, that's what I'm using. Um, the amount of games, the library of games, the, the, the power it has that it's not... It's not breaking any barriers, but it's enough for it to not constantly break down on me like my previous base uh, ps4 in terms of overall honestly i'd have to go with i'd have to go with a nintendo switch that's my like all time out of every console and that's for the simple fact that there's three things nostalgia because it literally has every video game i ever played in my childhood because i was purely nintendo and i have memories of it with my sister's now uh, passed away ex-boyfriend, which he was like basically a big brother to me. There's a lot of games that we play together on the on the game. I can I I somehow you know it it reminds me of those moments, and I can still remember him that way. Um, also with my grandmother, she also passed away. I also have memories with her being in the room and she talking me through the game and asking all sorts of questions, and it just brings me all those memories back. Second, it's portable. I can take it anywhere. That's fantastic. <laughs> PlayStation doesn't have that. It has the Vita, but who's talking about the Vita now? Vita has great games, great old games, but not everyone talks about the Vita. And third, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say something, but you know, you just kind of hit my point, so never mind. Yeah, yeah, and people don't talk about it, but it's fantastic. <laughs> 
a handheld console for me, I, I think. And yeah. third, dude, Nintendo knows how to make great first-party games. I, I, they make the best gamey games, you know, the best classics, the best like they will, they will uh, leave their footprint until video games are no more. And I love every single of their first properties, every single Mario, every single all the Animal Crossings, all the, they're all just pure fun, and that's what I mostly look in a game, fun. Not saying PlayStation doesn't have it, but if I want, uh, PlayStation has that extra layer of a lot of the games have that narrative that's so groundbreaking or so demanding emotionally that I have to be sometimes in the mood to play it. Like Last of Us 2, I can't just sit around and like play, just watch the cutscenes. Sometimes I have to be like ready because they're like brutal and very gritty and very dark and very real. Um, now we're talking games. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> there's so many, man. But honestly, I think I said it already a few a few weeks ago, but I don't think it's changed. It has to be Persona Five. It still is Persona Five, and it'll be for a while. And mind you, I adore God of War. I adore Bloodborne Horizon. All the the exclusives, I adore them. But Persona 5, the the amount of parasocial interactions I had in that game, the, the, the angry I got, the emotional I got, the, the I felt betrayed by Akechi. I like I felt it. I felt the whole game. And I came out of it extremely bittersweet, with a bittersweet uh, taste in my mouth. Because I just did not want it to end. I wanted to keep following these this group of high schoolers and, and their way into the college world and see what they become. And I actually like, I saw them as like my own best friends and it was, it was a fascinating experience and just everything about that game is incredible. Um, but if I had to boil it down, yeah, it'd be persona five close nice. second. And this is not because bad bit said it and not a one piece <laughs> of him, but I am a masochist at times. And if there's a game that brought that, Whoa. That, wait, wait, video game. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> just, just making sure, just making sure. Um, even Sekiro didn't bring that, like, flavor to the game. Bloodborne just has this perfect concoction of difficulty, ambiance, characters even, uh, combat, boss fights, the lore, everything just comes together perfectly. I, I adore that game, so that's a close second. I always okay. have, like... No, like top three and then three probably be witcher three nice yeah nice yeah i i definitely yeah persona five man i i what a, what, a, what a game man um macho before before you 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 get in here uh i just wanna uh logic wins in the chat says that uh you know speaking on on this point of us talking about our favorite consoles and whatnot. Uh, he said that he used to be a huge PlayStation fan, but uh, he wasn't a fan of the PS4 era specifically because Sony stopped making those quote-unquote gamey uh, titles like a Warhawk and a, and a Resistance. And I'll say, uh, get yourself a PS5, man. Returnal is the most gamey, quote-unquote gamey game that Sony has made in, in a while, if that's what you're looking for, if that's yeah, your if you sort of hang-up on, on Sony. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. definitely got weird. Yeah, for sure. I, for sure. In the best ways. I, exactly. I, like, I got I got issues with Returnal because 
goddamn bug trophy. Oh, it's really. Oh yeah, I did see that. I did see that. <sighs> yeah, but I know that's, that, that's aside, sucks, man. <laughs> that aside, though, um, it's uh, it, it's my, it's still my game of the year right now. Same here, man. That story is. Yes. Nuts. Okay. I, Along I, with incredible. like, like once you speak that game's language, oh my god, dude, the game is on another level. I, I, I can't. I, I hope we can get into that a little bit later, cause yeah, I, oh, I, yeah, I, I finished it like last week, and and yeah, I have, I have the same feelings towards it. Um, Macho, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and and tell us favorite console and and favorite game of all time. Yeah, yeah, I'll break it down quickly. Um, favorite console, because they kind of go hand in hand, really. Because uh, So my favorite console has to be the PS2. And nice. that's because it gave me my childhood dream game, and that's Kingdom Hearts. Uh, growing up with the Sister Dolls, and I was heavy into Broadway and Disney and musicals. I grew up as a Disney kid. You know, Hercules, Tarzan, uh, yeah. Lion King. All those great movies I just grew up with. So to see that there was a video game, and I was like eight, seven years old at this time. To see there was a video game, My right? Phone. Yeah, that you can actually go around with these characters. It's like what I've always wanted since I saw, since I went to Disney World for the first time at four years old. So that just like blew my mind when I first play it. Um, but I don't think I really fell head over heels for games until Kingdom Hearts Two where it took that same concept and had that still had that same flair of a kingdom hearts game but upped it to 11 with the combat and the story itself you know people make fun of the story um which is you know it's fine it's their prerogative but to me that was like a real like moment where i was like this game is making me feel something this game is making me love the characters and the pacing and the story and see that there's a lot more to it it was the first game that i did an all-nighter for um, when I was like eight years old, when it, when it first came out, and I remember this specifically because I was playing and I was trying to beat this really hard boss. It was Zaldin, Zaldin's area, but he's kind of like hard boss back then. And then um, it was like five or six in the morning, and I see the sun coming up, and I hear my mom coming downstairs. So I immediately pause the game and act like I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I just fell asleep and then she comes just like were you playing all night and I was like what huh oh no I think I fell asleep your, your eye twitching <laughs> yeah and then, and then she was like whatever and she went back upstairs I just kept playing <laughs> so like yeah, yeah it has to be the PS2 and just Kingdom Hearts 2 being like my favorite game of all time just yeah man this, it's fun times I, I miss I miss those days I miss yeah, those days absolutely. for sure Definitely. Still the best Kingdom Hearts. Yes. I agree. No, I love I love how that that went hand in hand together because I think mine is is basically going to be the same thing. Although I do want to give some love to the PS2 as well because obviously that for me that was you know that console was the Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper <laughs> sort of machine for me. Like those those were those were my games back then, man. Um, and I adore those. I adore those titles. Um, and also, I I don't know. I don't know why, man. Like definitely, definitely, my my tastes in gaming have evolved over time. But 
the PS2 and like the GameCube that era, I was just like, I was buying every single trash like um, T Nickelodeon or the Cartoon <laughs> Network. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> cartoon, games. yeah, cartoon yeah. show adaptation. Those bad ones <laughs> by like a Activision and and, and whatnot. Like I was playing all. That were probably like, let's be honest, like a 62 on Metacritic, but I was buying them anyway for whatever reason, <laughs> and and finding Ooh, enjoyment that's in them. <laughs> yeah so like yeah that that's that console was just like so much of that but then of course you know the, the classics with metal gear even though i was like what 10 years old not understanding what the hell was going on but i was playing them anyway we still don't, we still don't. Yeah. <laughs> true very true uh obviously tony hawk as well was was you know that for for that console mm. um but yeah man it just just a, the library obviously it's 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 a leg legendary library um and then the ps4 would would probably be my my favorite console just because like i was you know i i was you know i i had a job at that point so i was finally able to like buy you know games sort of like on my own terms and whatnot um and so the PS4 was probably the the era where I was probably playing more games than ever before, um, and you know, sort of how uh, Babbitt was talking about Bloodborne being the gateway for him of not just trying Souls games, but just you know expanding his horizons and trying out more genres in general. Uh, the PS4 was that console for me, you know, not just sticking to like the action adventure titles that I did with the PS3, but, you know, playing more indies, playing more JRPGs than ever before, uh, finally di diving into Souls games. Um, the PS4 was that and console. Yakuza. Yeah, and Yakuza as well, jumping into those. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was really just like, there's there's so much variety on that console uh for me and then obviously the first party has been well documented and just in this conversation alone so i won't really get into that too much um but my favorite game of of all time uh came from the from the ps4 era and you guys probably saw this coming but it's it's the witcher 3 wild hunt like come on man that that game i i owe so much of of myself to that game just in you know a, after finishing that first playthrough I, I immediately went and read all the books and uh the author of of those books the creator of the witcher uh andres sapkowski he is sort of the the reason why I started writing, why I got into creative writing, and then eventually uh, writing about games as well. So without that game, I I'm not sure if I would ever get into writing or reading and and sort of those those big passions that I have right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Do you think a game would have done that eventually to you? It's just that Witcher Three happened to be that that want to pull it out you know you had that passion it just needed to be nurtured by something and like be awoken by something you know sure possibly yeah i'm i mean maybe last of us part two might have might have done that maybe returnal might have been the one to do that um eventually playstation was gonna be like hey gotta wake up man let's let's get to writing you know? yeah possibly <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just the characters, uh, it, it's specifically like the characters of, of that game. Like they, they, they feel like, you know, real people who have like, you know, real backstories and, and real quirks and are, you know, ha have their own motivations and things going on that make them human and distinct from one another. And, and of course the side quests that were 
that many game companies like like Ubisoft are still trying to to you know chase that that sort of quality in in side quests. Um, I feel like that's the bar that people are still trying to sort of reach nowadays. Um, but yeah, that game that game top to bottom is is still incredible. I I <laughs> I've beaten it like five times I think, and I'm waiting for that for that uh, PS5 upgrade or next gen upgrade or whatever so I can dive back in. Um, so yeah, definitely Witcher, Witcher three and and the PS4 would be uh, my picks without a doubt. Um, I'm excited for the PS5, man. I'm excited to see what what they got in store, man. Um, and I guess I guess that sort of leads into uh, this this Herman Holst uh, or sort of this this Wired article uh, just in general. And what what is it with Sony and 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 Wired articles, man? Right? Like, cause didn't they they initially sort of like revealed the PS5 through Wired, right? Yeah. Yeah. About like what would what is this console going to kind of look like, or what are they trying to achieve? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this definitely isn't the first time that they've gone through Wired, but um, so yeah, they they it's were Wired and GQ, man. It's Wired and GQ. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the main sure. headlines for games, apparently. They should come to LordsofGaming.net and then get an interview with us, man. <laughs> um, so in speaking to Wired, they actually spoke to a couple people. Uh, they spoke to Ember Lab, uh, Angie Smets from Gorilla um jim ryan who this was this was so funny that they added this in the article they're like uh one of the lines was like uh in talking to jim ryan through through zoom who just got his second vaccination by the way i was like i was like okay <laughs> interesting i guess meaning, so, meaning he's so know, ready to party exactly you know he's riding the wave right now yeah <laughs> yeah i was like okay that's that's interesting um so yeah, and, and of course, one of the other people that they talked to was head of Worldwide Studios, Herman Holst, um, and he was talking about uh, sort of PlayStation's slate. Um, in talking to Wired, he said that uh, there that the sort of SIE group, uh, PlayStation Studios, has more than twenty five titles in development for the PS five, and nearly half of them are entirely new IP. Quote unquote. There's an incredible amount of variety originating from different regions, big, small, different games. Um, yeah, so so I, I just want to kind of you know gauge uh, you know the 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 panel here. Like this is, I, I feel like I don't think this is obviously I don't think this is like in direct sort of response to the the Schreier article, but at the same time I I think I think the timing is is kind of nice to. Just kind of have that reassurance that, like, hey, PlayStation is still committed to to new experiences, a wide breadth of experiences on the console, and um, they're not just you know these big AAA titles that people were kind of concerned over. That no, these games are going to not only come from different regions, different parts of the world, uh, created by people of different walks of life, but you know they're also going to be games of you know different shapes and sizes from double a triple a whatever it may be um they're definitely investing in a in a wide variety of games um so yeah i just wanted to you know see see what the panel thought about this 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 number of, of 25 uh games uh created underneath the the playstation studios umbrella and about half of them being new ips yeah, let's let's uh, Mr. Babbitt go first. 
So this is this is I, I think this is an indirect reference to Schreier's article and also trying to dissipate the you know the 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 kind of heat that they've been getting the past few weeks um, talking about you know where are the games PlayStation we're seeing all these big moves from Microsoft what are you doing for me lately which is a lot of casual gamers or or even just gamers in general are are like that you know we see one person doing something what's your answer to it you know we talked a little bit before the show about that uh or actually during the show about that and um this is them kind of you know dissipating that that heat a little bit saying hey listen we got stuff cooking don't don't worry, and at the same exact time, not spoiling it because you got Ratchet, you need to, you know, uh, do previews for it, and at the same exact time, you got your own show in probably January, or, or sorry, June or July that you're that you're making as well. So, you know, I think this was a good way of Herman to c- get out in front of everyone and just say, listen, here's what we're making, and we're tired of people saying we're not, we're risk averse. Right. Because I we need to dis I think that's the one thing they wanted to dispel a lot of. When you see the verbiage of what like Herman Hulse is kind of saying, it's it it's really kind of it is kind of talking about that Schreier article of like, no 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 no. We got we we got twenty five games in the pipeline solely for the PlayStation five and they're big games, they're small games, they're double A, they're triple A, they're all types of A's. And, you know, they're coming to the PlayStation 5. We're bringing the heat. Just because Xbox got got, got Bethesda doesn't mean we're sitting back, we're doing nothing. Yeah. And um, it's really awesome to see some of their partners come out and say, yo, no, 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 we're working on stuff. Like, you know, uh, Josh Greer from uh, Ember Labs, I believe, saying... That was no, 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 so listen. exciting. Yeah, like, we got game number two we're already working on. Yeah. And, like, that's that's awesome. So, like, you know, you got Haven Studios, you got, you know, Firewalk Studios as well. These are some talented industry vets. You know, PlayStation's trying to tell people, we're going to have the big games, we're going to have the small games, we're going to have different sizes, and hopefully you're going to vibe with them. And hopefully they're not just third-person, over-the-shoulder, you know, open-world games, that they could be something more. And even, I believe they referenced Returnal in there, but, like... yeah. Seeing Housemark with Returnal, it's a totally different game than what we expect PlayStation to make, albeit third person. But it is an action, um, uh, it is a action bullet hell game. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. Told in in, in a series like Memento is is something you don't see from video games. Like how many how many AAA roguelikes have we seen? The answer I, yeah. is none. I can't think of any. And so. Yeah, this this article really does say, hey, we're PlayStation, we're we're still taking risks, we're still betting on smaller teams, and we're going to have the games that you know and love. There is a fine balance you have to do to to reassure people that Horizon, God of War, Spider-Man, Uncharted, Last of Us are going to have sequels, while at the same exact time reassuring fans that we're not going to be a Halo, Forza, Gears factory as well, that we're going to let these studios get weird and stretch their legs. So... What it really seems like to me is Jim Ryan is the guy that counts the beans. Uh, this is, you know, Herman Hulse is the guy that that makes them. Like this is a guy that that's going to hopefully, uh, you know, 
bolster the creativity out of PlayStation while you have the guy at the business end. Because I think what PlayStation knows is that they need to broaden out the portfolio of what their games offer currently. So this is a really awesome article, man. I'm really... I'm really optimistic looking at this uh, and reading it as well. It is a PR piece. Like, this is a very PR-y. Uh, the reason why you go to to Wired is because they're not uh, GameSpot or IGN. You know those people are going to cover it. Yeah. So you kind of get you get an ecosystem outside your own, and, and it makes you a little bit more unique in that sense. Um for better or for worse, and you also get the whole, like, oh, IGN just bought out by uh, PlayStation out of the way. You know, you get this third-party intermediary kind of making the news and then us speculating on it afterwards. It's, um... PlayStation's PR team is is oddly brilliant uh, at times, and they're very hot and cold. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a lot of times they're very robotic with looking at their social media feed, but, like, they know. They they just know what's going to track. It's not. Yeah, they're very silent and deadly. It's like the from what I've seen, they they yeah. went from being pretty pretty open during the PS4 era to now just being kind of like we'll talk when we're ready. Yeah, and and they've really taken the mantra, and like people loved it in the beginning, but now they're like, okay, Sony, start talking. They've really taken the mantra of like, dude, let's let the games talk. Exactly. Why, yeah. Why do I need to, like, honest to goodness, why does Jim Ryan need to go out there and act like your best friend? When, like, Jim Ryan knows he's got all these really great games that people are going to pay for, you know? And the, the, the fact of the matter is, is you don't. You could be cold and calculating. And again, let the games do the talking, so, yeah. Yeah, and they're talking. They're talking real loud. They're speaking in multiple languages and, and like, <laughs> like whatever you want to say, whatever the language they want to speak, whether it's sixty, seventy dollars, whether it's a triple A roguelike or roguelike, roguelike action game, um, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, they're they're definitely doing the talking. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, Macho, what 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 are your thoughts on this? It's another feather to add to your cap, Jay. Um, <laughs> what 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 why is that why is that huh because <laughs> why do i have to answer that i don't think i'm not gonna answer this i'm not trying come on come on give me my 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 flowers my roses or whatever <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding because okay. no because i mean to your credit though we did uh we didn't make the point earlier in, in previous podcasts just like at least my worry of like I do not. I don't want to see a lack of diversity in their lineup because that can definitely pigeonhole you. We've seen that before. How that can kind of be your crutch. Um, so, and we're not seeing stuff for quite a bit. And I think it wasn't really just not seeing things, which is mostly like the bad news that was just coupled one after another. That kind yeah. of felt like, all right, what's really going on? And the one thing that worried me the worried me the most was the whole PSN gonna close for legacy consoles because I love my old games um i literally just bought eve parasite eve and uh the castlevania collection you know so like like I, I'm, I'm always giving giving like a uh, reason to go back to old games so that was for me i was just like all right that's that's crazy but thankfully we're seeing like this turnaround within the last couple of weeks i think this this one we have right here where they have like 25 games lined up for ps5 is i mean color me excited dude like, yeah. come on, like, bring them on. You know, it's going to be really cool. Here I was worried about, like, oh, man, um, all I'm going to play is, be, um, all I'm going to be playing is Final Fantasy XIV and some of like, these games I want to go back to. But no, they're, like, making sure, like, no, for the next, like, 
you know, five or six years, you're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, yeah. And and so, like, I, I... so obviously, I, I feel like XDev, Sony XDev plays like a huge factor in into this as well because this isn't specific. Like I I see a lot of people like on on Twitter, like you know they usually do, kind of like snarkily being like, oh well, PlayStation doesn't have, you know, twenty five studios or whatever, so like this number can't be can't be right or 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 whatever. And obviously, they're not taking into account you know the Sony XDev sort of partnerships like a Returnal. Uh, like a Destruction All-Stars or like a Sackboy Big Adventure. And we got that recent, um, I I think it was like a LinkedIn post or something like that, that was pointing to that XDev is essentially going to take on the role of what Japan Studio was was doing, sort of uh, no longer partnering with just titles in Europe, but now they're sort of going to be a global sort of uh, support studio. So now, you know, I think this does open the door for, okay, Haven Studios game possibly being a PlayStation Studios game now, um, or Firewalk possibly being a PlayStation Studios game now. So I, I, I do think that, like, yeah, like, obviously this accounts for whatever is going on first party as well, but on top of that, uh, sort of these ex-dev partnerships like, you know, Returnal, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, and, and that's the thing that really excites me is too. It's like, talk about XDev. You're seeing what PlayStation is going to be offering. Like, you're seeing their answer. And maybe you don't like the answer. Maybe you want PlayStation to buy all the things. I don't. I want their, I want their acquisitions to make sense and they're meaningful. Like, I do believe Sony put a ring out of Housemark. They've treated you so well. Just... Just do it. You know, <laughs> put a ring on Blue Point. Like they make, you've you've partnered. You you have these deep relationships with these companies. Yeah, I think it's a really, I think it's really awesome to see PlayStation go. No, 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 no. We're we don't have to buy the cow here. We can just partner with these dev teams and, and foster a current uh, a relationship with them and, and help grow them. And, yeah. and that could be our approach in you know at least our, our five to ten year outlook right now you don't need to go out there and buy a bethesda gate or bethesda publisher because you need to make sure like when the rumor was they were going to buy square i didn't even like that because as you all know me i hate corporations they're not my friend and if they could they'd buy me and sell me to the highest bidder i don't trust them um so like when i see consolidation in the marketplace that does irk me a little bit because we just see corporations getting bigger and bigger and where is the actual benefit for us i don't know and like you could point to game pass and go that's the benefit but even then i'm like maybe but to when i don't trust a corporation not to screw me over so i want to see businesses partner and rather than buy out like when i saw microsoft you know in talks by discord it's like dude why are we cheering for this? Yeah. They literally have Skype. Like yeah. they don't yeah. need another one of these services. You're just buying out competition. That's not how capitalism should work. So like, you know, make your own and a better service. Um so that's that's how I see this. It's like if if Xdev is is their answer, 
so be it because that's awesome you're having companies partner with each other and who knows maybe they they buy them out maybe they get bought out by someone else or whatever happens but it's really awesome to see that playstation's true strength we mentioned bloodborne is partnership and they're really focusing on it with the playstation 5 that's what gets me really excited yeah with without a doubt um yeah, because like you know, speaking to XDev, that's that's sort of where you're seeing like the true variety, um, in in Sony's portfolio. Like in the launch alone, we or launch window alone, we saw you know Destruction All Stars. Whether you know quality aside, even though I I enjoyed that game, uh, you know that that game is wholly you know distinct from a Sackboy and from a Returnal. So. Um, yeah, as long as XDev can sort of provide that that sort of like if we can get that that sort of you know quote unquote quirkiness or or sort of uh, uniqueness or that that palate cleanser versus the 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 rest of Sony's uh, stable, then yeah, I'm I'm all for these 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 partnerships and and whatnot. Um, but um, well, what, what's what's let's get you in here, man. Like, what's what's your thoughts about this this uh, number of of PlayStation's uh, twenty five games and half of them being new IP? It'll it'll go to further prove a point I made a few weeks ago of how people t- talking all this smack about how PlayStation is so silent and how they're making these wrong moves with the whole you know now they packed on that with the PlayStation closing the. PS3 and PS Vita stores, which they, they're they not doing that anymore. But it just goes to show that they didn't need to, like, they didn't need to update anyone on anything or to tell anyone. It'd be great because it does give that sense of how we were talking about podcasts, that sense of community and, like, oh, they're listening to us. It's more of a, a back and forth between which in reality, again, to Mr. Babbitt's point, it's all corporation. This is all business at the end of the day. The, what they mean to do is sell a product. And what's PlayStation going to do? They're going to sell 25 fantastic, maybe not all of them, but, but fantastic products, you know? I mean, some of them maybe hit or miss. A lot of them, I'm pretty sure they're going to be nines and tens, very, very likely. PlayStation hits a lot of their marks in terms of games, when it comes to games. And people already shut up about it, about how PlayStation was taking these L's because... Apparently, when the other one succeeds, you're failing for some reason. Right. Um, which I, Xbox, it's all fine and dandy, but again, at the end of the day, you know, I as much as I love the idea of Game Pass, there's only it'll only last you for so long until the catalog of games will like just grow stale and people will lose interest. And you really need those first party titles. You really need those exclusives to reel people back in and let know, hey. We actually got going to do, and honestly, half of those are new IPs. I am so excited for that, man. Uh, just the, um, I think it's a PlayStation Five exclusive. Uh, uh, what was it called? Forspoken. That's one of the. Yes. the dude, I, I love how that looks. That looks next gen as hell, and it's diverse. The protagonist is a female, um, female uh, person of color, and. The way the game moves, and I don't know feels, I haven't played the game, the way it moves and looks, if we get quality like that, not necessarily third-person you know, action adventure games, but in the realm of quality and diversity and 
what if they bring old classics back? I don't know if eventually how you guys always talk about how bring Sly back. Will we get a Sly at some point? Is it is it in the span of these 25 IPs? Is it hidden in there? Maybe not in the 25s, but it's underneath the cracks. It's rising from the ashes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, um, dude, I am... Listen, I'm all about great games, and yeah. that's it. Honestly, the company can be mute, but as long as you deliver the games, dude, I'm content. Again, yeah. this doesn't mean it doesn't justify the fact that they were not letting you know that they were gonna close this, you know, their 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 store from legacy consoles, and not tell you ahead of time. We had to look at a leak, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, uh, we were doing this." No, that's kind of that's pretty shitty. I don't like yeah. that. And that's where the corporation aspect, like, it just, it falls through the cracks. And you're like, oh, wait, right. It's all just a bunch of suits in a, in a freaking meeting room. Right. Exactly. But ex- ex- Exactly. And I, I like what you, you mentioned when it comes to diversity. It's one of the reasons why I really love PlayStation, man. And, you know, like, Horizon Zero Dawn was, was the, the fastest selling uh, game with a female protagonist like having uh you know uh, a lesbian be one of your staple uh uh you know mascots means Absolutely. something having Absolutely. miles morales uh, a black teen be the thing that you put right next to your fucking ps5 <laughs> launch is powerful for 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 folks you know it's that's that's the thing oh, that yeah. i love about what playstation has done it's like yeah returnal we're gonna put a you know middle-aged white woman with you know uh uh with with these two different color eyes like you know that totally totally uh you know normal looking or, or what we perceive as normal looking female on the cover here that's gonna be that's gonna be the person you cheer for, you know. It's not a super soldier. It's not some buff white dude. It's, it's, it's a it's a mother, and like that is awesome. It's uh, and it's exactly. awesome to see other companies like Mi- Microsoft go. You know what? Uh, we're gonna put Kate as the as the main protagonist and front and Love center in front and center in Gears Five. Yeah, Love it's awesome. It. It's been it's been too long where video games they were getting to a point. I, I'm not gonna lie. I've, Maybe like four years ago, because I agree with the sentiment that we mentioned earlier, 2017 being a legendary year for games. Before that, it got very stale for for a bit. It, it got very monotonous, I think. Um, sure. The way and whenever diversity was, you know, in question, the game maybe wasn't as good. And one example, you know, you can argue it. Assassin's Creed Origins being a, a different take on the Assassin's Creed franchise. Yeah, Bayek being Egyptian, you know, having these different kinds of characters. But the game itself, you know, it didn't hell up to what maybe its legacy built with Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood and whatnot. That can, it, which, ironically, uh, yeah, they, they're Italian. Yeah, they're in the Caribbean. But they're all white males. They're mostly white males. No one talks yeah. about liberation. No one talks about Freedom Cry. No one talks about these games that are, mm-hmm. in its core, quality. Because yeah. say what you want about them, Freedom Cry, that little adventure with uh, Edward's uh, second second mate, forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, fantastic Alawale. Alawale, yeah, fantastic little adventure with him, and it talked, it, it touched on really important issues that should not be forgotten, you know, such as yeah. slavery and whatnot. Um, and let us 
and it reminds us of where we are right now and how we got here. Um, I'm excited, man. These 25 IPs, I, I'm just, I can't wait for those, for for those trailers to drop and. the beauty of it you have you have nothing to attach it to in terms of a, of a title or a franchise no uncharted no last of us no give me something completely new and i don't mind another you know uncharted in the future not necessarily main title you know like they did with uh what's her name chloe frazier you know give me oh, something and like that's that. my favorite one by the way my it's amazing uncharted right there yeah it, it, it's a fantastic it, it sucks that it's so short but it does well what it does you know it's yeah. perfect length, I guess. Um, I, I really do think so. I like, do when people are like, oh, like, oh, Miles Morales is only an eight-hour, ten-hour game. I'm like, okay, but like, are those hours <laughs> really good? Am I engaged throughout the whole thing? If the answer is yes, that's a good game, and I'm willing to pay money for it. Yeah, which, yeah exactly. Yeah, which a game that did that and is doing that, I think, and you're playing it currently. Resident Evil Village is not the longest game, but holy hell, I'm going to see myself beating that game five, six times probably. <laughs> Because there's Absolutely. so much replayability, you know? And yeah. they really have to strike the, the balance of good game, diverse, uh, innovative. Like, you know, it, we <laughs> for the past couple of years, it's been all remakes and remasters, mostly. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't wait for fresh new titles uh, fresh out of the oven. I can't wait. I can't wait. And, hey, at least we know Jim Ryan's all fine, you know? Right, Macho? I mean, you can... <laughs> He's a GQ model at this point, as far as I know. <laughs> he's, a head, he's a head of PlayStation GQ model. He wears that suit pretty nicely, I'll admit. But yeah, man. Hey, man. <laughs> Come I on, think the We'll hit you up, man. Yeah, hey, I think I think that 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 vaccine was the reason why he he reversed the decision on the on the PlayStation Store, man. It, it got it got him acting a little a little weird, you know. <laughs> That's what it was, man. That, that explains it. He's like, if I'm getting, he's like, if I'm getting COVID, I'm also just taking that PSN store, right? <laughs> that, that was that was a side effect to the to the vaccine, man. Yeah, side effects of vaccine. Let's see. First one, taking else. Here you go, Mr. Ryan. Oh, um. So so I mean, you this this uh, uh you had, you had a segue there, Walt, but uh, you touched on on RE Village. So let's let's talk about it, man. Um. So Resident Evil Village released recently. And uh, congratulations to Capcom, man. They, they're continuing their streak of not only putting out great titles, but also games that are resonating with, with you know, gamers in, in terms of sales. The game sold or had already uh, shipped 3 million copies, um, which Ooh. is just fantastic. Uh, it, it makes me so happy to see Capcom, you know, doing as, as, as well as they are. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to, how to sort of frame this, this, first of all, uh, Mr. Badbit, have you, have been, have yeah. you been playing, uh, RE Village? I have been, I have been. First, I just want to say, after I say this, I got to head on out cause I got a, I got boom show that I got to be a part of. So right. first and foremost, it's been fantastic. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, we appreciate uh, you been... stopping by, man. And honestly, any time in the near future, you want me to hop back on, I'm always here. This has been a really great chat, guys. For sure, yeah. Um, we'll we'll definitely get you back. Well, there you appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Village. Let me t let me t first off, uh, code provided by Capcom, so you can take anything I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of Resident Evil, um, but I'm a new fan. 
at the same exact time. So, like, my first Resident Evil is Resident Evil 7. Um, my, my Resident Evil after that was 2 Remake. The one after that, 3 Remake. Uh, I just finished Resident Evil 4 for the first time. Nice. I'm a new fan of this series. And the thing that I always draw parallels from, which is, like, the direct comparison, is Dead Space. I love Dead Space. You give oh, us those... Classic. The remake slash remasters we actually need and want, I point you in the Dead Space direction. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Just have faith. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so, Resident Evil, I, I, the first one is, is you know, for me, is it's, it's first person for me. I know how weird that sounds. Um, and Resident Evil 7 is one of the scariest goddamn games I've ever played. It's, it's terrifying. It is one of my favorite horror games just ever. It's a really good time. Even Resident Evil 2, which I will say is a legitimate masterpiece. Like, that, that game is just, okay. oh my god. So good. And, like, Leon and Ada, oh my god. These two, just, let me just watch, you know? Let <laughs> me be a cat. <laughs> Nonetheless, I'm in love with Ada, and she can punch me right in the face. <laughs> Resident Evil Village, Whoa. on the other hand... Just right in the face, Ada. Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil Village is a different type of scary. It's not, from what I've gotten so far, it's not as scary as 7. I don't even think anywhere near. It's more like a roller coaster ride. Right? Like, you're... It, yeah. Again, I'm like mm-hmm. three-ish hours in, and it really does feel like I'm, I, I get on this other ride. And it's going to take me through, it's going to guide me to the things it wants to horrify me at, and it's going to put me in these situations that I was it in from one stop to the next. Um, I'm, I'm really digging the game so far. The one thing that I'll say, I'm playing it on PlayStation 5, is, first off, the game is gorgeous. I think everybody's beating that horse to death, but it, it, you have to say it. This game is one of the most beautiful looking next gen titles out there and at the same exact time it looks haunting <laughs> it looks scary as all shit and it's accompanied by what i think resident evil does and better than any other game in history that is its environmental sounds coupled with the tempest sound engine is mm-hmm. truly horrific. You really can pinpoint... There's a point early on in the game where there are two lichens in a cornfield or wheat field, and you are hearing them around you, but you can actually pinpoint with your headsets where they are and where the growls are coming from. It does such a great job of creeping you out through its ambiance that I have not seen another horror game do and it's just amplified here in village it just resident evil is unmatched when it comes to that environmental horror that it sets out to do like i saw one person on twitter and i and and kudos to them they said it perfectly they created such a beautiful engine to show me the most disgusting shit i've ever seen that is that is that is village in a nutshell man like oh yeah the, the mold that, like, you see on the grapes is so defined. Like, the lighting, the lighting in this game is incredible. I can look at that, that vase in in the, the Lady D uh, castle all day long. But, like, the yeah. torture porn that they do to poor goddamn, uh, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Ethan. Uh, 
Yeah. Ethan's hands. Ah! Oh, yeah. oh, there's yeah. multiple times you're like, stop doing this! God damn it! <laughs> this poor guy. The only thing that I'll say is I'm not, ter- like, I'm not, you know, there's a layer of camp to Resident Evil and Capcom as entirety. Um, but I'm not the biggest fan of Ethan's performance. Like, I think he's a really... I think he has the opportunity to be a really good character. If they just... I think the director in that director's chair... It, it, what, it, I don't think he was... That, that actor was directed in the best way possible. Because there are a lot of lines that he says are cheese that he doesn't really nail well. Um, or, like, some of his reactions are a little bit too late to when the player's actually thinking about it. Yeah, I um, agree. And, and then also, the thing that I can't... It breaks my immersion is we're in Italy, right? Uh, some faraway village in Europe. Right. Everybody has a Midwestern accent. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is from small town Idaho rather than, like, Italy. Like, give me the bibbidi bobbidi bibbidi boobidi. Like, you know, give me Italian. You know? Give me, like, I'm... Because what's more terrifying? What is absolutely more terrifying? Landing in a place that is strange to you and and a foreign place that is, you know, ridden with creatures or dropping you into a place that is riddled with creatures and you do not speak that language. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to to be honest, yeah, like uh, imagining Lady Dimitrescu with an Italian accent is pretty terrifying. Like yeah, yeah that, that that's pretty crazy. Yeah, like I don't I don't want that one bit. Like not at all. Like, <laughs> but like it, it's very much like Capcom's like okay, so what does what do Americans think Europeans sound like? Right. British. It's kind of like watching that movie. Um, God, it was like a Tom Cruise movie where like. Uh, it's like in World War Two and they're Nazis, but they all have British accents. It's like, <laughs> no, they're German. <laughs> it's, it's, that, mean, it's that type of immersion breaking. But I mean, I, it's I, it's the same thing with like like the names too, right? Like I feel like Ethan Winters is is like Capcom just saying, hmm, what's what's the most like American like almost like action hero sort of name? And they're like, well, exactly. Ethan. It's like Ethan a stage Winters. name, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it's like, take the sunglasses off when you say it. That's how you know it's cool. <laughs> Also, also, really, really, really quick before you get going, uh, breaking news: Insomniac has just announced that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart has officially gone gold. Um, so, Ooh, yeah, nice. congratulations to, to, to them. It's it's coming, Dude. guys. It's it's almost here. It's coming. Yes, I can't wait to Very see those excited. videos. Very yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and again, thank you all for having me. It's been such a terrific time, guys. I really enjoyed chatting with y'all yeah definitely um, we'll, we'll get you back on for sure yeah we absolutely. love having you man absolutely yeah thanks for coming on my man i really appreciate yeah. it and speaking of ratchet and clank uh we do have a giveaway on the trophy room right now um we have we're only 38 reviews away from breaking 200 re- reviews worldwide on apple Podcasts Ooh. by rating us five stars give us you know take a picture of your review send it to us on twitter you're entered to win. If you already put down a review on the Trophy Room, a five-star review, um, you're entered as well. If you're a patron over at patreon.com slash Room, you are entered as well. This is just our way of celebrating Ratchet and Clank while at the same time promoting the show, the Trophy Room. 
a PlayStation podcast where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation each and every Thursday. We have a really great episode this week talking about those 25, uh, you know, first party games, talking about Ratchet and Clank's final preview, the PlayStation supply shortage going until 2022, all that and more over on the Trophy Room Show. Gang, guys, nice. thank you so much for having me, guys. This was fantastic. Hell and, yeah, man. That's fun. Where, where can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, yeah, man. You can follow me over at Mr. Badbit on Twitter. You can follow the show at PS Trophy Room as well on Twitter. Again, guys, thank you so much for having me. It's, this was, a, this was a, a treat. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no doubt, man. Awesome, for man. Sure. Thanks, thank thanks, you for joining. For sure. Thanks for yeah, coming yeah, through, absolutely. man. Um, see you guys. See you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the awkward part now. <laughs> um, uh, I'm <laughs> we'll miss you. Shout out, shout out to Mr. Babbitt, man. He's yeah. such a great guy. Um, he was more than willing to come on the show after I sent him a message, and yeah, and it, it was again, it was a treat. It was it was a treat because yeah. he, he is Such one of the most of positive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's he's one of the most positive beacons in the patient community. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was an honor to have him on here and looking forward to having him again sometime Definitely. in the future. Definitely. Really appreciate yeah, that. Like, like I said, just genuinely grateful that, you know, we're, we're, you know, a small, small podcast and that he, you know, took the time to, to come and kick it with us for a little bit is, is really cool. And I think, I think it, 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 you know, kind of proves your point, Macho, of just kind of the person he is. Um, yeah, really, really appreciate yeah. that. Um, yeah, so so back to to RE Village. I mean, give me give me your guys' uh, sort of you know uh, over overhead like impressions on on the game. You guys, you guys enjoying your time with it? Uh, I've I've seen you guys beating it several times already, right? Uh, I'm gonna let Macho go in on that because he's actually beaten it a second time. I'm doing other stuff that's for completion, but yeah. Go ahead, yeah, Macho. yeah. Um, I'm up, currently on my third playthrough. Actually, um, I I kind of broke down my road to the platinum trophy already, which is kind of nuts because I've never gotten a hundred percent completion or at least like a trophy rate hundred percent completion. Yeah, in the platinum in, in the Resident Evil game, it never occurred nice. to me in my mind. Like for me, like doing a knife only run and doing speed run playthroughs are like the bane of my existence. I I, I would hate I hate doing those like those or even if I wanted to do them like I would groan and just roll my eyes but with Resident Evil Village I, I jumped right into it it was just like for me I was just like let's do it let's actually go through the game and like really see how fast I can uh, complete the game in this time or um, get all the collectibles and go into mercenaries mode and get like the high score and stuff like that so I'm in- enjoying it so much um way more than i was really expecting it's and and to mr bapit's point like what really sells it for me is the atmosphere and kind of the variety of horrors that you're getting i was talking to you guys before about um when i was how i'm kind of like reproaching my review for lordsofgaming.net which i have to get to but (laughs) the game is like stealing me away so many times and um the theme that i'm going for is yeah like a theme park of horrors but like here it feels like more of like you're going to a high class fancy restaurant and you're get, or just ordering appetizers and that's okay too because you're gonna get the best of the best um and that's what it feels like with this game um there's a couple of missteps obviously uh again when mr babbitt said like about ethan's like the way like he says certain lines are like just the, <laughs> the, the like yeah. how cringy and, it can be it's and, like here's uh, the thing, man. it's in, it's immersive it's immersion breaking yeah. like full it's stop a, yeah, yeah that i 
so I beat the game, right? I, I was telling Macho how I, I was disagreeing with a, a, a few lines that he didn't particularly like, but I actually found like fitting for like the type of approach that every Resident Evil does, because every Resident Evil has those kind of like weird moments. But here's the thing. Yeah, but man, like he I, like I, no. he was like he was like in the dark for five seconds. He's like, it's dark. I'm oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no <laughs> shit, I'm not, dude. Like... I'm gonna get to that. So here's the thing. Here's what I found out when I beat the game, right? Ethan Winters, this is his second game. That's fine. But the fact that we're not even attached to him, we're more prone to see his flaws. And he has a lot of them. First of them, I do agree with Mr. Batbit that the direction to how he delivered his lines could have been significantly better, for sure. Um, The timing, that as well. I wasn't too surprised with maybe him like seeing certain events fo- unfolding and being like more calm than usual because I would assume that your a, ta- a night at the Baker uh, estate would traumatize you to the point where you maybe find certain things pretty normal. Uh, but that the thing is, he found other things pretty insane. But I get why because the one section where he, you know, Macho knows what section it is. He finds. Especially traumatizing because it deals with his daughter more and with with Rose and like you hear baby noises and whatever. Um, but to, to Mr. Batbit's point of the lines, there's some lines that work for me in terms of B horror movie, very cheesy '90s. Like there's a section where like he's talking to Chris and he goes, "And if I find Mother Miranda, he clocks his gun. He goes, Ch-ch-ch. she's a dead woman." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh man, that's." That's it's bad. so it's, it's so, so bad, bad, but it's so funny. It's so like I couldn't vibe with it, man. Like once it did, I'm, I did, in my head, I was like, "Shut the f- up, Ethan! Like, just go and do your thing, bro. Like, come on." And, and, the, and the thing is, with Ethan Winters, they have a like volatile protagonist that essentially just. If he were to only redirect his anger towards everything and, like, be more hostile and less one-liners, oh, hey, I'm pretty cool kind of thing, it would have worked ten times better. Mind you, his whole arc, I do like. His whole arc, I'm not going to spoil, go into spoilers, but his whole beginning to end and how everything turns out, I really like what they did. I guess it's more of liking the character, but I can set that aside and say that his intentions and everything that went to the conclusion of the game it worked for me it was very it, it was it was it was sentimental and more towards you know the whole story as a, as a, as a whole cuz you you did have certain feelings but towards Ethan himself it's kind of whatever cuz contrary to Resident Evil 4 where you start the game as Leon first of all Leon he's like on one spectrum, Ethan is on the other spectrum. You can't compare Leon to any other protagonist in Resident Evil. I think Leon is the coolest protagonist in all Resident Evil. Um, his the approach they did with him with RE2 already. He's you know it makes sense. He's a prodigy already. You know he applied for the police force and he's oh he went to work the next day and the next day it just so happens that Raccoon City erupted. All this chaos, the T virus. And he proved himself. He's a badass. Ada was like, I like you. You're a badass. Claire's like, oh, snap. I rely on you. Everyone is showing how reliable this man is. And then RE4, oh, hey, you have to rescue the president's daughter. Oh, okay. Sure, whatever. Uh, Go ahead to Las Plagas or whatever. So a line that goes, where's everyone going? 
bingo. That's kind of like, shut the hell up, Elyon, but you don't hate him for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ethan no, is no. Like, yeah. Ethan is like, dude, you don't, you're just someone. Why are you acting like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible? Which doesn't make sense at times, but overall, I had, the game being so good, that brought it up back to like, okay, this game is so good, I am willing to like, look past um, certain lines that just are, or sometimes, it gets cringy at, at times, a little bit, Um yeah, but, but I, I mean, like, I mean, to add to like add to that too, like, yeah, completely, like, it, it doesn't take away from the entire experience. Yeah, and I will say that this is like, this is the most invested I've been in a Resident Evil story in the entire series, and I played Absolutely. just about all of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I played just about all of them, and this is the one where like, I, I anticipate Resident Evil games because I like them; they're fun, right? So like, when the yeah. new one gets announced, I'm like, yeah, all right, cool, let's get into it. But like, this is the one I'm like, dude, I can't wait for Resident Evil Nine. And where they're gonna take it, because they introduce a lot of really cool stuff, and it's. I was very hesitant on the first person perspective to change a little bit of the topic here, uh, mm-hmm. but it's they're they're killing it, dude. And and I heard Maximilian dude say this before, where it's like, Capcom is not in their um, their uh, uh, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like redemption phase. They're past right. that. They're in their renaissance right now. And oh, Resident absolutely. Evil 8 is just another a testament to that, and it's gonna only going to get better, really, from here on out. At least you hope so. Um, oh, but yeah, for sure. In terms this of gameplay, like so good. In terms of gameplay, they've nailed RE2 Remake, RE3 Remake, because it's essentially yeah. the same as RE2 Remake, just the story is shorter. And this one, the first-person aspect, I get it. They try to make you feel, because it's a different approach. The hands are always getting messed up, because that's the only part the player sees. So you're supposed to see like repercussions through something. But yeah, it's like, it's like an emotional attachment kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. They just, you know, the, I guess it, it needed to be done better, but it wasn't bad enough to where it ruined the experience, you know? Um, I can't wait. It, it's it been a while since they've introduced a new character, you know, since RE7 they introduced them. Because the last time they did it, like a brand new characters, they were pretty forgettable in RE6. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. It, you can't go wrong, and I think that's why they're trying to step out of their comfort zone. You can't go wrong with a Chris Redfield, Leon, Claire, Jill. You can't go wrong with those protagonists. If you make a game with them as its centerpiece, you're, you're going to be fine narrative-wise, I think, to a certain extent. So I think that they should keep doing this, honestly. Do your third person, do your first person. They're, they're doing both. I, I'm, I'm excited for what comes. Yeah, definitely. And, like, yeah, I... I... I don't know. You guys are definitely sort of like inching me closer to 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 jumping in, man. Um. <laughs> I knew it. I, I hear in your voice when you're hesitant to say you you're hesitant to say I'm gonna play this game. I'm gonna go out and get. It. But I understand though. Like it's but, there, yeah. there's there's a couple of things where like, um, yeah, where it's like there's like a little bit of hesitancy to something to like fully diving in, but like. I really can't stress enough, just like, and this is coming from someone that loved Resident Evil 7, um, mm. and didn't really like Resident Evil 4, but like, Resident Evil Village is just hitting a note and just going with it, and I absolutely love its variety, even if I'm more of a person that loves the thrills, and kind of like, even if it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, my, my blinds are up and the shades are down, like, I, I'm still getting scared, and this game just did that and more, and delivered like one of the scary sequences I ever played. Um, and it's, oh, yeah. and after that, like, 
like I will say that the first hour, hour and a half was kind of slow, and it really felt like I was going to Six Flags Fright Fest, and like I was supposed to get scared at certain moments. And you know, these people are just actors, right? But then when it opens up and it just delivers on certain set pieces and sequences and events, dude, it, it doesn't stop and it keeps going. And then they turn oh, into really? Resident Evil and you're just like, yo, this is awesome. <laughs> Even if it's like a little cheesy sometimes. But yeah, it's just like, it feels like the full package. And honestly, it, it, it's I'm going to be questioning Cap, Capcom every time uh, they bring up Resident Evil on where they're going to go from here. I think, I think for me, it's just like, like, see, I can handle lichens, and I can handle, you know, like, werewolves, zombies, and, and you know, Lady Lady Dimitrescu. Oh, oh, oh. Well, of <laughs> but, course you can. Of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I, draw, I draw the line at, at fat bobblehead babies, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, <laughs> I'm not... I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Oh part. man! Oh, overcome man. that fear. Overcome so, so, that fear. I'm not doing that. So man. I'm not gonna lie to you. So I, when I finished that that area, I was mentally I was. Oh, I'm so glad I'm done. But my heart was beating so hard. I yeah. was like, "Holy yeah. crap! That's I haven't been that scared legit since Outlast 2. It it is insanity of how yeah, tense that section yeah. is. Yeah, like, and I, and I had to take like three or four breaks just to like. It's like, funny. It, it's funny it's because like I saw like you know everyone on Twitter was talking about um you know this this one scene like oh my god this one scene, um and House uh, Ben Viento or whatever it's called, and yeah, yeah. and I was like I was like okay let let me let me look this up because like I, I I don't think I'm gonna play this game anytime soon so let me let me look this up and then you know most of it was like the walkthrough was most of it going through a dollhouse and I was like okay that's not too bad and then the baby showed up and I was like oh no oh no dude yeah. I'm not it's the anticipation yeah, it's it's the anticipation because throughout the whole puzzle you're you're there's nothing there is silence it's deafening. There it's, is nothing it's in it. It's a masterpiece and, sequence, man. It, it and really occasionally is. you hear like a little drop or a little creak on the wood floor. And if if Capcom makes a whole game like this, oh my god, I I am day one and I am shitting my pants day one. No, that yeah, they, they they kind of almost did with Resident Evil Seven, where like the oh the, for sure a big part of the beginning was just that fearing uh, feeling of dread and fear. Oh, yeah, the unknown. Because that's the thing with every Resident Evil. The first run, you're like, holy crap, I don't know what's around the corner. But then after that, you're like, <laughs> memorize every corner, memorize every no. boss. No, dude, even even then, man, I did my speed run. And, like, I had my fiance on the phone. I was getting to that house. And I was like, would Whoa. you want to just like, stay on the phone, just chill with me for a little <laughs> bit while I speed run through this area? And she's like, yeah. So she starts, starts talking about random stuff. I'm just like, yeah, okay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and then like I'm like rounding around corners trying to remember like where to go and everything and then she's like, Are you okay? I'm like, uh-huh. Ah, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> like it still got to me. Even it's, after that. It's awful, man. It's awful. But yeah, uh Jay, at the end of the day, honestly, it be prepared to the classic Resident Evil formula. They didn't change anything. It's horror and then eventually it leads up to a bit of action and then you always have that sequence that's pure action and if expect that formula, but honestly, until you play it, you won't know if it's a hit or miss for you. Because a lot of people, everyone yeah, will find something yeah. they adore about this game. Everyone will find something. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Everybody's like, you know, there's some people that look lukewarm about it, but then there's other people that really like 
dive into it, and I feel like you, yeah, it's one of those games you have to play to really understand. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, most of it, most of it. I'm a little bit disappointed about the uh, Lady Dimitrescu not being, you know, or just that environment of of her house or her castle, yeah. specifically not being, you know, um, the the main focus or being such a short, uh, the screen time being so short because that that's uh, sort that's the that's the environment that that kind of speaks to me the most. That sort of gothic sort of you know castle like aesthetic that I, I love that yeah. stuff um but yeah uh, um yeah a, a lot of it does look really really cool um i'll, I'll eventually play it but i, I have a real like all, all this re8 talk is giving me like this real urge to jump into re2 i, I haven't played it yet but now i'm kind of like Ooh. man i, I really want to play that now um Ooh. so i think yeah, that's fantastic yeah, yeah i, I mean the playstation is not as creepy but like it's definitely like a st- it's like, still tense it, yeah, it's it's basically like a mirror version of the mansion RE one, which is just yeah. as good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna be looking into that. Uh, because it's funny because like I was I I had RE seven downloaded, um, off of the the PS uh, Plus collection thing, and I was gonna yeah, I was yeah, yeah. I was gonna start that. And <laughs> so, that this is probably obvious, but of course you know my my you know whatever i i obviously didn't it didn't click with me was that you need ps plus to actually access the titles that you download from that collection so and i i don't have i don't have ps plus anymore uh so so you can't you can't you can't play those games if you don't have ps plus so like when i and i have it still in my library but it has a lock on it because i don't have ps plus so like i clicked on it like like again and again i was like uh why can't i play this and then when it clicked when it clicked that i didn't have ps plus i kind of did that that pikachu meme with the mouth like wide open (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah i was like oh (laughs) so it's like when Andre uh, shoots. Is it Andre? No, uh, shoots Hannibal. And he's like, "Who shot him?" It's like, "Wait, who didn't pay for PS Plus?" And you're yeah. like, "Wait, what the hell is going on?" Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I got I got a already uh sort of kind of kind of urge to to jump into into those games. So um, yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Maybe I'll do that um pretty soon now that Returnal is done. Um, oh man, yeah, can't speak- wait to play that game. And speaking of uh, Returnal, just just want to give sort of my like sort of closing thoughts on on this game. Um, I mean, You've last been time, doing a lot of it on Lords of Gaming. Yeah, I have, I have. God, I have so many like ideas in terms of like articles that I want to do for that. Um, yeah. So uh, last podcast, I think I was I just reached biome four. I want to say. Um, and like the the first of all the transition between because once you get to biome four that's like that's the game's essential like first hard checkpoint so like once you get to biome four you no longer have to go all the way back to biome one so if you die let's say at biome five you go back to four instead of biome one so that's that's the first like checkpoint of the game um but the transition from three to four story like story-wise what happens story-wise between those two biomes is one of the coolest story sequences that i've had in in years man like once it clicks as to what exactly happened uh, like my jaw was just on the ground i'm like oh my god dude um 
and watching watching maximilian uh stream that part as well and once he, he was talking to his chat and and the realization kicked in for him as well he had the same exact reaction um that's awesome yeah so so i feel like i, I talked about the gameplay like uh extensively last last podcast so um i'm not really gonna touch on it too much here as well but it, it continues like it's it's just addictive like I, I i love that 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 gameplay um yeah it's 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 top to bottom it's it's just so fun once everything you, like mr Babbitt was kind of alluding to this like the language of returnal once you understand it once the the mechanics starts to 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 click once everything starts to make sense of of all these moving parts and you fully grasp it um there's right. just there's just this flow that you kind of like ease into and everything makes sense and 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 you you start you start finding yourself in that rhythm and it just feels so good um your third eye opens yeah yeah um it becomes second nature honestly um yeah so so but but story wise is what this thing really really sort of surprised me on um and it's like it's not like i said last podcast as well it's not don't come into this expecting it to be sort of like um you know like the sort of scale of cutscenes and in your face story as a god of war last of us ghost of tsushima etc yeah, etc um yeah um this is this is definitely more subtle uh on the same sort of degree of subtlety as a souls game where it's not going to put everything in your face like there's a that gives you sort of breadcrumbs and little nuggets of information but it's really on you to sort of piece together uh these clues as in terms of like the the larger story at hand and once you actually do that once you actually dig a little bit deeper into what is there what's what's like underneath the surface of returnal man it's some mind-blowing stuff as to okay what is this planet um why is is uh selene here who is the astronaut what's going on with the house um is this stuff even real um etc etc like there is so much happening in this story that it's it's one of those rare games where i'm actually going into forums i'm i'm going into reset era and youtube videos and i'm looking up like di different people's theories and reads as to as to what people you know uh extracted from the story like what what are people piecing together here uh because it's just that fascinating to to it it, it just has a surprising amount of depth that i that i just was not expecting um and yeah it, it's 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 just one of the coolest stories that i've i've ever played in in a long time and um it really rewards those who who take the time to actually dig a little deeper and and i promise you there it, it is worthwhile to take the time to do so um because there's a there's a lot there um yeah i don't know if you guys have any any questions any because this is probably the last time i'm gonna talk about the game um i have one okay so now you finished it you got the whole gist of it uh actually two questions first the one i don't think you have the answer the platinum have you seen the platinum <laughs> have you seen the trophies or not no i haven't i haven't uh really looked into it gotcha um because i really want to find out how like absurd it is or not but that we can discuss later um seeing the ending and seeing everything it did is there a potential for dlc a sequel or is this the end of celine's story <sighs> that's 
without spoiling. I, <laughs> I yeah, without spoiling. That's that's the tough part. Um, I I totally think they could do a sequel. Um, and I think I will leave it at that. Okay, it's a little spoilery, so I would like to definitely see what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, but, I'll but if there's uh, what, what I want to know is if it's the room for more because I don't want to finish it and have to be like, Whoa, is there something I missed? Is there something that didn't because it is a piece your own piece it together? I don't want to get to the end and be like, Wait, did I miss something? It, it why does this feel incomplete you know what i mean i don't want to get that i mean i mean here I, until i play that game i don't know I mean, how long it'll be i think i think if you just like straight up finish the game or even get the secret ending uh to the game which is essentially you have to you have to uh do all of the house uh sequences which i didn't do on my first playthrough uh so i had to go back okay. and, and and finish that stuff uh, which, by the way, there's there's one house sequence in particular that just like again blew my mind. Uh, the, the the stuff that happens there is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so so what I was saying was that like I I think even just getting the secret ending, you're still gonna be like, what the fuck? In terms of like like you're not gonna feel fulfilled, or you're still going to feel like you don't have all the answers. And and so right. that's that's sort of like where going back to the audio logs and and um, you know looking up what people are saying about the the story I think really comes in, into into play and specifically about the uh, the audio logs it's it's this and I don't know if I had if I've had this with a game yet but it's this really cool thing where she's you you feel like you have a grasp of what she's talking about on your first playthrough. But then once you finish the game and then once you kind of get into that, that headspace of, of, you know, reading theories and, and, and whatnot, and you go back and listen to these, these audio logs with, with that context of everything that you know after finishing the game, it, it's, it's almost like, uh, uh, like a whole new experience because now you're walking into this like, okay, now you understand. Okay, she didn't, when she's talking about this, she didn't mean literally specifically this. She's talking about something else. Um, gotcha. it, it's, 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 it's nuts, man. Cause those, those audio logs now take on a whole different meaning, right? Like the, the meaning is kind of like flipped on its head and you're kind of like, oh, so this is what she meant. Um, yeah, so it's like I've I've had a lot of 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 that within like re-listening to the audio logs because yeah when when you, when you first hear it it's kind of like uh, like nonsense borderline nonsense just like she's just like kind of talking to herself or whatever. Um, yeah, control like control. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah, once you do finish and you have a little bit more context and you go back to listen to them, um, it's pretty creepy stuff to be honest because it's it's like the 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 answers were always there it, from the beginning it was always there but you didn't you obviously didn't know because you didn't know what all these things meant originally um gotcha. it's it's again it's pretty wild stuff um that's super cool love to hear it love to hear it yeah Can't for wait. sure um yeah it's uh, definitely recommended for sure um, so yeah, that's that's Returnal. And I really wanted to pick uh, Bad Bits of Brain on on that because he seemed uh, really impressed by the story as well. Um, and yeah, and Maximilian, definitely. we'll have him on again. We could definitely talk about it for sure. 
and like i was watching maximilian um dude's uh ending live stream of the game and like the last like hour of that stream it's just him in the chat just going through like what the hell this thing means um and it it was it was really cool just just kind of like listening in on that um yeah it it, it's it's such a cool game and again it it just kind of goes to show you know so like this is it's so crazy that this is a sony uh playstation studios game man that that is so weird and it's so like unabashedly itself is is really really cool um so yeah that's 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 returnal um i absolutely love the game um so last last topic before we end the podcast uh let's talk about uh ubisoft because uh, they had they were they were kind of in uh in some <laughs> they, they caught some slander <laughs> this week didn't they macho yes they did um <laughs> whether <laughs> some things were taken out of context or, or whatnot but yeah it didn't sound really appealing from what what broke out yeah and like i kind of i kind of blame them for that because of like their their verbiage that they use because they specifically did say that hey we're we're no longer doing three to four um you know triple a titles a year anymore that we are pursuing um you know more free to play and whatnot and that verbiage the way that they worded it was just like yeah uh, it's going to be inherently eyebrow raising but then they came out and and uh, kind of clarified their statement and essentially said that hey we're still committed to these AAA titles but you know this this isn't this isn't about taking away anything this is more about adding more to the portfolio that we're we're going to be doing things like the division heartlands but as well you know on top of you know the division and assassin's creed and stuff like that but it it, it seems more than anything that they're going to still do those those triple a titles but they're also on the side going to ha- try try to convert them to free to play uh models as well um so i just wanted to get your your guys's thoughts on this because this is certainly sort of like what we see happening to the industry at, at wide sort of everyone chasing this this carrot on the on the stick of like the apex and the fortnites and 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 whatnot like everybody wants a piece of that pie um so it, this this doesn't really come as a surprise to you guys right no because one of my favorite um game makers square enix is like in that route too where yeah. they have um their standout titles which i love and appreciate um and we get few and far in between you know last like generation or so um but we're just, they're starting to like hit that rhythm again well at the same time they are working on their um their mobile stuff they do a lot of mobile final fantasy and uh kingdom hearts stuff and you know whether whatever franchise that they have under their belt and now they're even looking at the western market so they already try to dip their toe in with the avengers um they're probably going to do it for other franchises as well. Like um, the Hitman, they did like a piecemeal thing for a while, and then Tomb Raider was kind of like all over the place. So it it doesn't surprise me with the kind of franchise that Ubisoft has that they wanted. I mean, they just announced that you know the division is going to get like a whole um, dinner plate of content, whether it's movies or free to play mobile. So um, yeah, it's it, you know it doesn't surprise me, but still, it's like. I, I just really hope this doesn't mean that we're going to get giant Valhalla Assassin's Creed games every couple of years. Yeah. Because that's I, what I, I don't hope, want. I do hope that by 
if they're focusing because they, they say they're not neglecting per se their triple a but they are focusing more on you know free to play which free to play that's it's not free to play it's it just means yeah it's free to play until you get hooked on it you know it, it, there's a lot of games that first major one being Fortnite and how that blew up so much and how so many companies are seeing these approaches at a video game and realizing oh wait the revenue is like more constant and longer term with free-to-play games i mean this makes sense it's not surprising it just makes sense from a business perspective um yeah the engagement and all that stuff yeah 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 and and you get to dedicate more time to these you know i don't know how many high-end free-to-play games they're making i don't think they're going to distribute their attention to like five of them at five of them at the same time i think they they're going to have their prototype their first big one and from there they're going to um, evolve and uh try to adapt to however the community reacts in terms of their triple a titles i mean man i just i i like to see something different you know not immortals for us you know not many people talking about phoenix rising and and whatever it turned out to be at its core if it was less robust and less like large like a valhalla you have a good game in there somewhere they just they they think more is better and they realize oh wait more is better but slowly you know releasing content like in a free-to-play game so i feel like i hope at least i hope that if they do this focus, their triple triple A titles become more uh, condensed and more focused and more to how their old school games went, like Watch Dogs One, whatever it turned out to be, you know, Assassin's Creed Two, more focused, smaller games compared to their Mammoth, Valhalla, Origins, and Odyssey. Good God, that game was freaking. It, it get it gets monotonous. I I just hope that the triple A's don't suffer from from this focus because they can say whatever they want they can say oh no we're we're, we're still we're still focused no 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 D- don't don't speak just do your action it, like actions speak louder than words and honestly i just want to see what their first quote-unquote high-end free-to-play game is like what does that even mean like high end i've what does that mean from their side what does high-end mean like is this going to be just quality was it going to be long longevity is it going to be a Destiny ordeal where it's like, oh, free-to-play high-end game, it will have a 10-year contract and then slowly evolve as we go on? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of a lot of games are successful at it. Some of them just fall and never come back. A Lawbreakers, a Battleborn, you know? These games that were supposed to, like, keep you hooked for a long time and just, like, died eventually. And Anthem, even. Anthem was a huge disappointment, and look where it got. It got canceled. So I hope whatever they do, it's a, it's not at the Fortnite level, but it is at that replayability and keep you hooked for a long time. At least you know, I don't know what they might do. Hey man, you said you said good. you said um, Anthem, right? Yeah, man. I mean, Anthem was was supposed to be this game of service. <laughs> no, man, on that, this, man. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's it deserves it because, dude. They, god damn, it, I, I'm still bitter about that, man. It, it, <laughs> such a, so much potential. So no, fun. Okay. The it's mechanics a, were, were it's there. It's okay, Walt. It's okay, Walt. Oh, uh, but, but, um, but like, so, so specifically to like, I, I don't think they're going to stop their, their, you know, massive behemoth, you know, like Assassin's Creed. Quality and, might waver. And, and 
maybe i mean i would argue the quality is already it's already wavering yeah, but... it's been wavering for a long time man <laughs> let's be well, honest they might waver by their standards might by their standards, right you know? right um but like because because those games make a boatload of money for them so I don't, I don't i don't see them stopping you know i mean they they just reported that assassin's creed valhalla was like their most like successful game in in the, the franchise or whatever so yeah. obviously what they're doing these these huge 100 hour rpgs are are working, working yeah which is unfortunate mm. but because yeah, this is this goes to this goes to who was it uh i saw a, i saw a tweet about it i forgot who it was whoever you were you know who you are if when i say this uh and how essentially so many people so many gamers they have this perspective of <laughs> oh i'll get my money's worth if it's a large game no, not necessarily yeah. not necessarily a short replayable game no for I'll, it's odd it's an odd mentality where people don't consider a 10 hour game such as you know like village where you can replay that's not worth their 60 or 70 bucks but a game that's a hundred plus hours but it's dragged and not as thought out it is worth the 60 bucks they they measure it by length and not so much by quality which i think I hope this mentality changes and doesn't like. I mean, we, we're seeing how PlayStation that that's not wavering. Ratchet and Clank and Return all these fantastic, not a hundred hour plus games, and they're fantastic. Um, but that's such an absurd way of seeing things. No, it, I get it. You're the consumer. You determine how you value your games, but don't don't no what no just no <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. um uh, all right so uh yeah i i mean i guess just sort of the consensus is that like we're not really surprised this is sort of just like unfortunately where where the industry is heading man they're they're this is this is the thing that 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 unfortunately kind of prints money nowadays money, money. so yeah which which i i think this kind of does tie back to sony that it just kind of makes them at least for me, and why I've always, you know, sort of stuck with them is, is it, it makes them more appealing just in the fact that, you know, they they continue to, to sort of hone in and focus on these, you know, these more narrative-driven uh, sort of experiences and... and Quality. You know, yeah, as opposed to Activision and Ubisoft to, to, to what they're doing. Um even 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 bethesda before they got snatched up you know they were sort of heading towards that route with um in terms in terms of like more you know multiplayer uh you know experimental kind of things with young blood and fallout 76 um it's nice to see sony is just kind of like sticking to the thing that they do best um but um yeah i guess that's that's pretty much it going that's going to do it for the podcast um we, we had... still got we still got one more thing. You got one more thing. Oh, what's up? Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, you want to you want to take it away? You want to lead that? Yeah, we'll touch on it real quick because we are running a bit on time. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they what happened with Ratchet and Clank? Obviously, was that it went gold. So, congrats to Sony at Games on that, and they just had a big preview event that uh, went live what yesterday, and it was, I mean. Who's it? Who's really surprised? First of all, first <laughs> of all, first of all, let me acceptance. let me just let me just preface uh, preface this conversation by saying no one 
I mean, absolutely no one is allowed to say that the game is Pixar this, Pixar that. Okay, we cannot use we cannot use that comparison anymore, guys. Okay, <laughs> go on, Macho. <laughs> I know that gets that that gets you really like that gets your tickles in the fancy, man. <laughs> no, I saw. I saw this. I saw this tweet. I forgot by who, uh, on Twitter that it was like 2009. I think it was Ratchet and Clank: A Crack in Time, and and the article headline was like, uh, "Ratchet and Clank uh, uh, is is like the first Pixar movie experience." And that was in 2009. And then the 2016 remake, <laughs> an article, the first, the headline was like. Uh, Ratchet and Clank is the closest thing to a Pixar movie, a uh, uh, playable Pixar movie or whatever. And then 2021, another article with like that similar headline. And it's just like, guys, we've been saying this for like almost 12 years, man. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, it's just I funny. know. Yeah. But go, go ahead, man. <laughs> oh, it's, but it is a Pixar game. Yeah, but because it's, yeah, I mean, we said at the end, like, it speaks to like their pedigree of, um, because Pixar always ups their ante every time. So to yep. see that Insomniac Games is sort of matching that is insane to me. Like it boggles my mind because I do watch these behind the scenes as far as like how um, how much hard work goes into just the animation of these things. The fact that we're having something that's playable like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is nuts. Um, I will say about the previews that I didn't really delve into the videos or much of the article. I, I saw and heard a couple things. But I really, it's like, to me, I don't need to be sold on the game. Like, I'm going to buy it. I just pre-ordered it last night. So, for me, I'm just, I'm ready to play it. And, like, man, like, I'm so ready for another Ratchet and Clank um, game. And I'm really excited about Rivet and kind of, like, what she adds to the whole mold of the entire franchise. Are you, you excited about her? Yeah. <laughs> I was about to answer that as an enthusiastically I yes. I, I, I got I got this sense in this tone. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> You're like, no, I probably shouldn't answer that. You can hear the lyrics back before, and he was like, yeah. If so. I if I answer that the wrong way, I'd be like R. Kelly, I'd be like, I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> no, you saw you saw you saw what was going on with Jay Main, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then I think yeah, Alex like changed his name to like I'm not a furry, but and it's like James. Nah, really? <laughs> oh man. That man, that man was that man was horny for Riven, man. That shit was crazy. It <laughs> was crazy. It's uh, it's one it's when they sent out that gif of her doing the wink from oh uh, yeah yeah it's yeah. like busted it out, man. Yeah, that's that, what did that, it for that him. Got everybody that tickle. Yeah, that's what did it for him. Um, oh man yeah uh for me yeah i didn't i didn't really because i'm i'm trying to go like not like a hundred percent media blackout but i'm i'm trying to go like relatively like as blind as possible um but i, I did watch uh podcast beyond and and what um jonathan dornbush was saying about the game was um because he's a he's a huge Ratchet and Clank fan since like the beginning, and um, you know he was saying yeah the gameplay you know it's it's the classic you know what you expect from Ratchet and Clank, but it was it was sort of the the characters and um, the story bits that that really surprised him that it 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 it, it had this this sense of like heart and um, that he felt like just hadn't really been. Or it's just more in, in on the forefront this time around than than previous titles, and that was um, 
not surprising, but it's like really welcoming and and cool to see for him. Um, because you know, to be honest, like Ratchet and Clank, those those sort of moments, um, especially with like the the OG trilogy, were I don't want to say rare, but that was like never really their focus. Having like these down to earth, like emotional conversations and 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 whatnot. Uh, but it definitely seems like here in in Rift Apart, that's maybe a little bit more of the focus this time around. Um, so that was cool to hear. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, did you see anything from uh Ratchet Clank Rift Apart? Uh well, I I don't wanna <sighs> Okay. So the last couple of days it's been less excitement and more frustration because I, I decided to take on those hunting grounds of the internet to scour for a PlayStation five. Didn't turn out very well. Yeah, man, I've been uh, trying to help you out on that one, man. Been trying. I appreciate it, man. You, you the, you the goat. You the goat on that up front. I really appreciate you. it. But um, what I've heard, I mean, there's, I'm like macho, you know. I'm gonna buy the game regardless. I, I, I was sold on it with the state of play even more. Um, it, it look, it's so fast. Having a PS4 and I see all these videos, I'm like, oh my god, what are load times? Do these people know what load times even are? I, yeah, I, actually, though, so, so sorry to interrupt, but speaking on that, no, no, go, go. I don't know what a loading screen Resident Evil 8 looks like because the game loads so like. damn fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do, man. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea, idea what it looks like, bro. Like, that's like to me, yeah. that's insane. Like, if I go and, if I go to the Resident Evil icon, I, I lower down to the play cards, and I just press resume activity, like, the game loads within 10 seconds, and I'm in the game. It's crazy. It's like it's insane. I'm I'm happy to hear that. I mean that it just makes it. That just means that the PlayStation it's well worth the money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. At this yeah. point, bro, I, 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 they're centering they're they're centering so many of the aspects of the gameplay around the fact that it loads so fast. So they're like, why the hell not? Let's let's play between worlds. Let's play with this mechanic that literally pulls you across the stage instantly. Like just the gameplay. That's what sold me. The story. Um, I always try to, you know, be as blind as possible towards the story, so I can be as surprised as I can. Rivet, love the design. She she looks very appealing in terms of uh, uh, wholesome. Uh, and, oh, no, man. come Pause. on. Pause. Ah, is that, is that, is that robot arm? Is yeah, that what you say? Hey, Walt, Walt gonna, Walt's gonna hop on the rule thirty four after this, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I already watched B Stars the anime. I know about that life. So, oh man. <laughs> so so honestly, the, the... <laughs> wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. Let's go. <laughs> it looks great. It looks great. <laughs> we gotta end honestly, the podcast, no, man. Just... The dual shock and sense of furry as, podcast. Yeah, man. As, as, as basic <laughs> as th- this might sound, and as like <laughs> a little brain it might sound. The colors, the design, it's so colorful, vibrant, it's such a, it looks like such a fun world to be in, and I cannot wait to hop hop back in it, because I've never been in it, so I'll hop back in it since Ratchet 20, what, 2015, 2014, I don't, yeah. I don't remember, yeah. I'm sad, I need to play as five, please. <laughs> um, We're going to yeah. keep searching, we're going to keep searching. Yeah, man. Mm. Uh, consensus. Uh, I mean, not just between us, but I think really everybody is that. Yeah, Ratchet and Clank looks absolutely incredible, and in that we 
we cannot wait to, to get our hands on it. Uh, it's gone gold, so we're we're literally less than a month away, man, which is which is crazy, man, because, you know, a lot of the talk this year has been sort of how quiet everything has been or, you know, it's it's been dry out here in these gaming streets and whatnot. Um, but, you know, since, you know, Returnal, Resident Evil, now Ratchet, it just kind of feels like boom, 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 which is, which is nice, um, to have. We're like, yeah, it, boom, it, boom, it feel, boom. yeah, it feels like we're, 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 the ball is starting to roll now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna be it for the podcast, man. Uh, thank you guys for, for everyone who tuned in, man. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, give us a give us a like. Maybe consider subscribing to the channel. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, I say this every 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 podcast, but uh, honestly and and genuinely, uh, every every like uh, matters for sure. Uh, with that that goddamn uh, algorithm and whatnot. Um, so yeah, let's get let's get these outros underway. Macho, what's going on with you, man? What what do you have? You have anything planned this week? Yeah, just um, still the Resident Evil Village review. I'm going to try to hunker down and get like a first draft going. But um, yeah, Resident Evil is just, guys, is, you know, it's guys' uh, sharp teeth sinked, sinked into me. I'm not going to say whose teeth they are, but uh, it's, it's guys' teeth. <laughs> I think we know. Into... <laughs> um, yeah, and then this weekend, man, it's um, Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest. They're going to do a full live stream Friday and Saturday, and that's going to be really great. A lot of cool announcements. And then uh, the Guilty Gear Strive beta. I'm going to dive into all that this weekend, and I'm really, really excited. Nice. Hell yeah, man. What about you, Walt? What's going on, man? Oh, man, I, I finally got my my stuff sent to the new place, so I don't have a PC. I don't have some of my consoles, so I'm pretty barren right now with what I am going to do. Um, going to gonna keep playing that resident evil and keep grinding that that platinum um there's this sec there's this uh, mode called mercenaries mode where you need to get a certain amount of um rankings in order to obtain a certain item uh i'm i have two stages left to get at the double s i already did every stage except for two of them uh i'm gonna be doing that it's been frustrating i'm ready for more frustration i'm loving the game and if anything comes up in the world of entertainment um bunch of movie announcement all that i'll be scouring the internet for anything i, I oh by the way i got my laptop to work so probably going to be using that if i can so uh my twitter handle will be in, down in the description if you want to go over there and see if anything drops and weekend at walt lando on twitter but yeah, I'll, I'll just be waiting. I have like, a, what is it today? Today's the 13th, uh, maybe like less than a month or so until I move and I'll be in my new setup and I'll be able to get more into the groove of all this shenanigans, all this rioting and all this, you know? I'm excited and I'll probably get a PS5. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the world is random. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> this man's man, going low key crazy. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how to move on from that. Honestly, <laughs> um, as for me, um, probably just a lot more uh, Returnal coverage on uh, Lognet. So look out for that. Um, and gaming wise, I'm not too sure. Honestly, um, yeah, I, I finished Returnal. So and Dark Souls Three also finished recently as well. So I don't know. You'll see, boy. 
<laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I don't. I, I'm good, man. Oh, uh, so yeah, it might be a little bit of a lull for me, just kind of chilling, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, once again, thank you guys for joining, and we will catch you guys in the next DualShock and Sense podcast. Peace.